0: Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network.
1: Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, We've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, and as a cancer survivor myself i know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that uh his wife kelly has set up a gofundme account at gofundme.com f matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039s hyphen butt uh and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that again that's gofundme.com f slash matthew dash kicks dash cancer zero three nine s dash butt
0: matt herring was the first i guess you could say true super house fan we were super house at that time you know the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us talked about us and hey's um, from a town close to where I'm from and uh, so we share that as well and just a huge superhero fan and you know nerd like the rest of us and now he's going through that and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said that would be truly appreciated. just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon
1: hey come on in congratulations by the way for season 10 of smallville huge accomplishment
2: i can't believe that we've made it this far
1: yes i can't believe it either but anyway You have a few ideas for us in terms of what the last season is going to be. Obviously, it's going to end with uh, Clark as Superman, but I'm interested to hear what's going to happen before that happens.
0: All right. So, Martian Manhunter's third girlfriend's cousin's sister comes into play, and then we've got Jimmy Olsen's, the fifth time he ever went to the coffee shop and talked to that girl once. She's showing up. And then Plastic Man's ankle will be in there for a frame. And then after that, we're going to have not Hawkman, but Hawkman, because we've already done 12 Hawkmans already. So we're going to do Hawkman's cousins, girlfriends, brothers, cousins, second, twice removed, aunts' foot.
1: Okay, I just have one problem with this. We've
0: done it all. We're out of ideas. This uh, is it's, all it's we've okay. got.
1: It's okay. I got. I just have one problem with this. Could we make it? Could we make it? Plastic Man's shoulder instead of his ankle.
0: Oh, I haven't even thought about that. Okay, maybe. Yeah, shoulders. Sure, I like that. Perfect. The left, left or the right, or the or both. Uh, it's up to you. Okay. All right. Well, well, we'll do. We'll shoot both for coverage. All right. Cool. Okay. All
1: right. Everything else uh, sounds great, and we're going to see uh, Tom Welling in the Superman suit, right? He's going to be in the suit.
0: Oh, we've done everything but that. Um, right, but 10 seasons,
1: we, that's what most people would want to see.
0: How about we, instead of that, because that's entirely too difficult for us, uh, we're going to actually have Beast Boy's left pinky toe, 12th cousin. The cousin—the toe has different cousins than the other toes.
1: Okay, wait a minute. So you're saying this is not going to happen? The Superman suit's not going to be in the finale? Uh,
0: well... Tom doesn't
1: like it. Can't you just I don't know. We're gonna want to see Superman. Can you just animate him in with some CG or something?
0: Don't you think they'd rather see Booster Gold's helmets than Tom Welling in the Superman suit? I mean, really. Us Hollywood producers are connected to the youth. <sighs> if you say so. I'm just saying like it would be a huge
1: letdown if he's not in that suit. I would really reconsider that. Otherwise What do you
0: know? You don't know anything. Well, I mean I brought I- this show to ten seasons. I've written everybody's second cousins, third, twice removed. Every hero in the DC universe has shown up in Smallville. I'm
1: just saying that means you also have the budget to just have a Superman suit. We can just have you borrow Brandon's from Superman Returns. It's not going to be that difficult. He's probably the same dimensions as Tom.
0: (sighs) We don't know that. I'd rather get another shoulder in there from Plastic Man.
1: Okay, well, I'll prove that because I'm a big Plastic Man fan, and I actually have secretly have a thing for shoulders, but anyways.
0: You and that spider guy should talk. So,
1: anyway, well, if that's go- how it's going to be, that's how it's going to be. I'm just saying, like, people are going to want to see Superman. Just CG him in there if Tom doesn't want to wear it. I'm sure fans will be fine. They probably won't be able to tell the difference anyway.
0: Are you telling me right now that your people should talk to my people? Is that what I'm hearing? No, I'm just saying to consider Superman for <laughs> the finale. Oh God, I guess, I guess I'll think about it.
1: You obviously have this final season, so you know, make it the best that you can.
0: <sighs> I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much for coming in.
0: I still want that that toenail in there, though.
1: Sure, sure. Well, you can have the toenail. We'll give you the budget. Second
0: for that. cousins, third, twice removed. All that. All the family of everybody showing up you got it
1: you got it thank you very much thank you very much (coughs) okay christy call up greg berlanti we're not going to have that other guy run any more dc shows from now on this is ridiculous and welcome to the planet see what i did there We are here at superhero stuff. You should know and we are both now in black Superman shirts I finally got one right here Man of Steel style and this is Ben and Andrew already has his on
0: We're here everybody the third and maybe final installment. We'll see how this goes. I think
1: it will be I think it will be (laughs) So uh, if you're not familiar with what we've been doing here at superhero stuff you should know we've basically been going through Man of Steel Doing a little bit of a deep dive in terms of little comic connections and behind-the-scenes anecdotes, but mainly saying, hey, here's something that Snyder was criticized for in the movie. Do we agree with Snyder on his choice here, or do we agree with the critics? Since this is probably, I mean, not probably, but this is the most controversial Superman movie of all time. So far, I'd say. So, Yeah, somehow
0: more <laughs> controversial than the Richard Pryor one. What was that, three? Still <laughs> <laughs> I forget which one that is.
1: This. is three. Yeah. Okay. Superman three. is Richard Pryor. Uh. So we left off. The last score was Snyder one, critics four. So Snyder has an opportunity to catch up this time. We'll see. I'm
0: surprised he was On that this. close. So wait, critics four, Snyder three. You said. Snyder one. Snyder one. Okay. Snyder one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's
1: close. <laughs> okay. But Snyder has an opportunity to with a redemption round this time. We'll see what happens. The
0: score reflects us like not liking Snyder but it's that's just not the case no no, no, still like Snyder okay it's just don't like every single thing he does
1: we are specifically going into the criticisms that people have said so that's where we are examining we're saying we agree with the critics in this part and agree with Snyder in this part right now it seems like we side a little bit more towards the critics but that doesn't mean that we don't appreciate this movie again we kind of Like, kind of in between when it comes to, we're not full on Snyder stands, but we're not haters either. We pretty much are very, much in between like we are with everybody else. Can I I just
0: tell you, I'm I'm 36 as of this recording. Mm -hmm. I just can't get it in my heart to say Stan. I'm just not. (laughs) You're, like, a couple years younger than me, so, like, it's, like, natural for you, but, like, I stopped... I stopped at some point with the new slang. I just can't. I, it's not natural. Doesn't roll off the tongue <laughs> for me. I know it's an Eminem song. It rhymes with fan. I get it, but uh I just
1: If anything it's a uh, a fan who is so obsessed that he locks his wife in the trunk of the car and goes over into the water. So if we're going to go off the Eminem song probably not the best thing to be called but i don't know like that I, that one and like she's so extra
0: <laughs> the whole extra thing and all that yeah so <laughs> it's am bringing it off the rails already but real quick my wife is not a native english speaker she's japanese and you have to explain a lot then yeah and so she she well that too but no she that's what i'm saying though she explains shit to me because she's an instagram <laughs> she's an instagramaholic and okay. she's always learning new slang from Instagram, and she goes on uh, at her work. Uh, uh-huh. She hears a bunch of stuff too, and she's the one that told me about extra and all that shit. And I'm like, she just makes fun of me. She's like, you're a native speaker, aren't you? Like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm 36, dude. I'm. This is over. I'm not that yeah, old, yeah. but I'm like, I turned 37 this year, and it's just like, it's over. I'm done with right. new slang. I think. Okay. I had my time. <laughs>
1: It's nothing, something that I would call myself, but yeah, I'm. I would call other people that. Yeah. Uh, on it, so
0: you're a Batman Stan. Your words, <laughs> not mine. <my> word. <laughs> That's a good, good fucking. <laughs> you flipped it back on me. I like that. I like that. So you do say it. You do yeah. say it. <laughs> well, in that context, yes. Yes. Okay. So before we get into
1: it, a quick corrections department on myself. I said that there was a post by. Uh, Australian filmmaker Ryan Unicomb about the Kryptonian armor that he deleted. Turns mm-hmm. out I found it. It wasn't actually deleted. I just couldn't find it the first time that we recorded. Uh, but I wanted to get the full story on this idea that potentially Man of Steel was going to have Kal-El in Kryptonian armor for most of the movie. Okay. Uh, he brings up... Uh, so a few little tidbits here. He brings up that we see Lara loading it into a pod before Krypton explodes in the final cut. Which we kinda do. She kinda says goodbye to Jorel's armor and it closes this pod sort of thing closes on it and then we cut to Lara sort of going off to the view before it blows up. So it could be interpreted as it being a pod that takes off that Kal will later find in the movie, or it could just be her saying goodbye to Jorel, as you know, most of us probably interpreted in there. But it is interesting that the seeds of that are in there. Uh, according to him, the armor would be ripped from Cal until just the undergarment remained which would be all he would have left on uh, after defeating Zod. So apparently we wouldn't even see him in the in the Superman cape and costume, quote unquote undergarment until the very end, like post next snap. It seems Post
0: next Snap? Yeah. Wow. It says
1: after it says after defeating Zod. Uh, and Ryan says, quote, He emerges from a church to sporadic fanfare at saving the day, his first full reveal as the Superman before exploding into the sky. It also would have fit nicely with Zod's armor shedding on a farm scene, too. <laughs> I, so. I, I don't
0: like that. I mean, I like the. I don't like the pacing. I'd like for it to be like first fight with Zod, and he gets his ass kicked. Or Smallville. Or Smallville, yeah. yeah in Smallville. It happens there, and then the rest of the movie we have the suit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, am I wearing my underwear? What's going on here? Yeah, it's you know a little I mean? extreme
1: to be like you don't get the full reveal of the actual superhero, superhero costume until the very end. It starts to feel like a a, a guy that's
0: not a fan of Superman made a Superman movie. You know, that's what that feels like.
1: I agree. I I think something in between. Because I love the idea of him showing up in the first battle against Zod with the thing on. Like, maybe he... He gets captured by Zod, and then when he saves Lois, and he's about to save his mom in Smallville, he shows up in the armor. And then during the fight with Feora and Namek, which is what we're going to get into for today, he, it just gets torn away from him because Namek is a fucking monster, and so is Faora. And yeah. that's how he, he's, like, by the end of the Smallville fight, he's now in the traditional Superman sh- suit. So okay. I think that's awesome. Uh, let's see. I also forgot to mention we talk about all the different uh, characters that other People have played in the comic book universe. I f- completely forgot <laughs> on first recording that uh, I uh, I might mispronounce this. I get Zur, the one who plays the actress who plays Lara, is also Vanessa in Daredevil seasons one and three. That's so right. Yes. I completely forgot about that. But yeah, completely different side to her. But I think she is. I think she's underutilized. It feels in uh, a lot of these because she seems great in both roles. So yeah, uh, she's not in much. Uh, it seems uh, like. She's but, she's maybe much, but maybe she's, I'm maybe I'm wrong. Like
0: Pfeiffer, like I was with Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not much that we've seen. That we've seen. I'd say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So picking back off, we left off with the random priest scene in Man of Steel, and now Superman arrives, his first appearance to the world publicly is at this military base where he turns himself in. And he ends up in this interrogation room with Lois Lane. Now, this scene is a little similar to, I just rewrites uh, Superman's Secret Origin, again by Jeff Johnson and Gary Frank. And Superman also sort of ends up in an interrogation room, but with Lois's dad, General Sam Lane. This is not covered in the movies right now. Okay, so we're General. starting here in
0: this scene as officially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, the coolest part is just how easily he takes off the fucking handcuffs yeah you know what i mean like it's nothing yeah. it's like paper like that was done beautifully i felt you know yeah what
1: I mean? like the idea being like i'm here because i want to be not because you have taken me prisoner yeah yeah which i think is pretty badass yeah uh, that so i think that's great uh let's see so general sam lane is in the comics most of the time uh lois is Lois' dad is an army general. I believe this was a new thing in post-crisis, but I might be wrong on that because I don't remember him being like this beforehand. The only time that we saw Sam Lane in the movies was, funny enough, in his little cameo scene. If you've seen the director's cut or the three-hour TV cut of Superman the movie where he's played in the cameo by Kirk Allen, the first uh, live-action Superman. Oh,
0: shit. I did not know that. Yeah,
1: so wow. uh, it's it's where the little girl is like looking out on the train and she sees young Clark and she turns around and uh, it's Noel Neal, the original Lois Lane, as her mom. And oh, yeah. Kirk Allen oh, you did. As, yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah.
0: You've, you've told yeah. me this before, but <laughs> I didn't know who Kirk Allen was totally at the time when you told me. Well, now, now you've actually
1: seen him play the role. Now yeah. I've seen at, since
0: yeah. then um, Man versus Superman, which is yes. one of the serials Kirk Allen was mm-hmm. in. He's yeah, just yeah. before George Reeves, just a couple year, a year or two, right? Before uh, George Reeve.
1: Yeah, George, George, yeah, Adam Man versus Superman is like one year before the George Reeves show. Yeah, so one year, it, one year. It's it's funny because I think of it as like two separate eras, but really they're only like a year apart. That's how Noel Neal just shows up as Lois Lane in season two of George Reeves, and it doesn't seem like she's aged at all because she hasn't.
0: Really. There's not much a, time. A yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's funny. Like, at the end of every episode, it's like, or the serial, it's like, catch it at this theater next week! <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know That's how it used to be. But, yeah, I look forward yeah. To, yeah. to diving into that. But for here, General Sam Lane has not shown up uh, in a lot of the movies, but he is in the TV shows. He was in Smallville, played by Michael Ironside, and uh, he was in Supergirl Season 1, played by Glenn Marshower, however, it looks like due to crisis, he's been recast with uh, Dylan Walsh, and Dylan Walsh is going to show up as General Sam Lane in Superman and Lois, coming in February 23rd. Nice. That's cool. Uh, In this interrogation room, Clark reveals to Lois that uh, the symbol on his chest, the one that Andrew and I are both wearing, uh, seems to look for an S, but, seems to stand for an S, but Clark brings up that on his world, it means hope. Yes. And this this serif
0: font S, not even sans serif, but... (laughs) But yes, uh, I mean, yeah, that was brought on by again, like you said, uh, Superman seventy eight, right? Uh,
1: well, Superman seventy eight came up with the idea that it's a family crest, but the idea that it means hope comes from Superman birthright.
0: Oh, uh, Mark so, Wade thought of that entirely. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Damn, so that's cool. Uh, it, it, what they were saying is that in seventy eight, they came up with the idea that this is the the House of L crest, and that's it. But. Wade added on the fact that the crest means hope, kind of like a family crest usually has some sort of motto or saying on it. So now you tie in both ideas into one. That's great. Uh, so yeah, Superman Birthright, written by Mark Wade, art by, uh, I think it's Leno uh, is how to pronounce the first name, Francis U. and inks no by Gary. Alan Guyan. I may be wrong That's on that, Birthright anyway.
0: you're talking about?
1: That is Birthright, yeah. and we'll actually talk more about Birthright when it comes to Lex Luthor in Batman versus Superman. That's right. Uh, right that so
0: legendary. let's if you're if you're like casual comic book fan, yeah, uh, out there and you just watch the movies and listen to podcasts, that's cool, mm-hmm. awesome, great. But Birthright's one of the premier Superman runs, mm-hmm. uh. So check check that one out if you can. Yeah, it's one of the one of the one of the more modern runs. It's not all too old, right? It's not like it's from the fifties, from like the nineties or early two thousands or something.
1: Early two thousands. Yeah. Early two thousands. Yeah. It's it's one of my favorites. I'm gonna I'm about to reread it again and I'm excited for that. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be good. So let's see. This is also one of the rare adaptations where Lois knows Clark as Superman from the very beginning.
0: There I think any, this is part of our you know, yeah, this is part of our woke agenda with those liberals in Hollywood. <laughs> girls knowing stuff is so stupid. I think <laughs> The only time this has kind of happened is in Smallville,
1: but Lois there was still kind of a th- thing where Lois knew of quote unquote the blur, which is Clark's persona before he was Superman before people could actually see what he looked like. Yeah, um, and encountering Clark and she eventually put two and two together, but that was before he donned the suit. So I think here it was it makes sense with this story. I think it's it works because I think I like like sure, if you read it in the in the context of the 40s and 50s, it, it's fine for it yeah. But I also really like stories where she's in on it and she knows and she's a support system and she they work together as a team which is also why I'm looking forward to the Superman and Lois show so yeah. we don't have to deal with this whole bullshit of just like oh you know when he puts it on the glasses he's someone else oh silly Clark he didn't show up when, when Superman was around like all that stuff like we, it's been done to death there's plenty of it out there in other adaptations I'm completely fine with a Lois who is in on this and not needing to do the whole thing that we had for many years before he finally revealed his identity to her in the nineties.
0: Yeah. She's in love with Superman, but thinks Clark is lame. Uh, this is the original intention. I, it's, it seems like with Siegel and Schuster, there's the original creators. Like it's that whole thing. Like Mm -hmm. you see me as a nerd and they were nerdy. They, they created Mm -hmm. superheroes. They had one of the guys had bottle cap glasses. Like, so they, they were part of that world, that early world. And, uh, like, you know, you see me just as a nerd, but really, I'm a Superman on the inside. You know, it sounds like an incel thing these days, but I don't <laughs> think I don't think it was quite that bad. But
1: I don't think that's what it meant. Yeah.
0: But but, but well, yeah, maybe I'm taking it too far. No, well, that was not, kind of like the original not the, intention,
1: not the, not the incel part, but not, yeah. what you were saying earlier. Yeah, you saying yeah, earlier, yeah. Incel part was me just, fucking around. <laughs> but the, the the Superman inside is what's supposed to be the relatable part of the character. It's supposed to be the the idea that if you only knew. Who I was but the I feel like you could do that outside of Lois it can't just, yeah. it doesn't have to just be a love story that's the thing so
0: know. and this was uh, uh even even outside of feminist stuff that I can totally just talk about all day guys <laughs> I know so much about no um but uh yeah outside of all that stuff it's it was a good decision it was a good update to them to mm-hmm. the mythos it wasn't the first time right they probably did that in the comics for a while before Man of Steel.
1: Well, I mean, she knew the secret, but this is the first time she knows the secret from the very beginning.
0: Okay. She doesn't know. Right.
1: There's no like, oh, I know Clark and I know this other superhero thing at all. It's it's all oh, this is all the same guy. There she, is no right. You know, hiding around Lois or making sure that Lois. Uh, Superman used to do all kinds of bullshit just to make sure that Lois never found out his secret. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. like the '50s comics. Yeah. And so it's kind of it's kind of hilarious that once he finally does tell her. It all like it still works, you know. Like, right. why was he doing this in the first place if it all still works? And apparently, that was the original intention of Siegel and Schuster in that unmade uh, the K Metal from Krypton story. Okay, that we'll dive into at some point was that he revealed his secret, or the secret was revealed to Lois, and so that okay. would have happened back in the 40s. So, uh,
0: this is it was cute, it was cute for a time, you know. Yeah, it's cute for a time, but you know, now it's it's it was a. Uh, you know, people talk about it, they, they hate it, how superhero movies update stuff, change stuff to the original, but this is this is a good update. That's a, that's the this main is a good thing, update. I think, yeah.
1: I feel like this one is an automatic point to Snyder. I feel like we should start giving automatic points to Snyder when <laughs> yeah. it's a change we <laughs> yeah. like, because
0: yeah. I feel like that's fair,
1: because I do think there was probably criticism on this point. Maybe I wasn't, I didn't read up on it, but I think there were some people who probably were just like, oh man, it's not the same dynamic when it's not that part.
0: Some diehards, maybe, but I think that was pretty much, uh, I don't know. People didn't complain all that much, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a minor thing. Yeah. But shall we give the point to Snyder? Yeah, we're going to give it to him anyway. All right. Snyder 2, Critics 4, so here we go.
0: All right. Catching up.
1: (laughs) Yep. Clark here mentions that he's been on Earth for 33 years. And, of course, this is another Jesus Christ reference. Uh, Cavill himself was not 33 when he was shooting. He wasn't even 33 when the movie came out. He was actually younger. Uh, he had just turned 30 in 2013 when the movie came out, which means that he was in his late 20s when he was shooting the movie. God so it, this is, they deliberately were putting sliding that Jesus reference in. So for those who don't know, Jesus was 33 when the whole story about the crucifixion and the resurrection happened, I believe.
0: The, so. Generally, look, no one knows for sure. Yeah. There's no actual dates in the Bibles right. from what I know. But mm-hmm. supposedly starts the ministry at 30 and then... Um there's a the mess he's you know the ministry lasts for three years and then he dies at 33. Mm-hmm. So
1: you he, know what also has a, a weird Jesus connection? What? <laughs> Penguin and Batman returns. Because oh, when yeah. <laughs> when the penguins find his basket, it cuts to Gotham 33 years later.
0: Oh my god. They love this idea. They love this idea. He's a, so. he's a fake Jesus.
1: <laughs> I'm like, this is a, so random. Yeah. Superman I can kind of see it. But Penguin I'm like I, I I guess because he's born on you know he's born on Christmas. 33 years later he dies. Right. I don't know. Right. We'll yeah, it's, you know. Then it, you got a Moses thing with his basket being down the river. And yes, something to that. Yes. They
0: dude, yeah, it's all there. <laughs> they they want to. The thing is though, you know, the, the these Hollywood types, these writers, <laughs> they add that stuff on purpose just to give it more power. You know, yeah. of what, I mean, maybe a little bit it gives it some power, but it's just so, they just, know, they know what they're doing. I feel like it it's makes not an more accident. sense
1: with Superman. It makes more sense with Superman than with Penguin. Well, it's with more. Penguin, I'm like. What? Yeah. Well, with
0: the Penguin and Batman Returns, it's like, who wrote that again? Manquois? Daniel Waters. Waters. Yeah. You know, that's like for a movie and, and or, I don't know. Like, I feel like with Siegel, Siegel and Schuster, they, they are Jewish And well, maybe Danny Waters is too. I don't know. But what I'm saying is they're pulling more from their own culture and Mm -hmm. they're, they're not trying to make a movie per se. And I don't know if there was something more pure about what Siegel and Schuster were trying to do than Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but (laughs) that's just kind of how it feels. You know, (laughs) anytime you write something for a movie, sometimes it just feels like a little bit less pure for some reason. I don't know.
1: I, I feel like we just, we don't need Christ references in a lot of this stuff. Uh,
0: they do
2: it just to I do just, it it's just not needed yeah just to do it yeah. you know yeah. I,
1: it, it kind of makes sense with Superman or Neo from the Matrix but that's about it we, I don't need it for Penguin I don't need it for all these other characters yeah yeah uh, so we'll see if uh, people stop doing that it's a <laughs> shallow way to add some depth. I don't need that yeah I think yeah. so I agree let's see when uh, Kal-El gives himself up to Zod and the ship Feyor arrives. And Feyor is the first Kryptonian who he encounters. During this scene, this is a deep cut for you, in the background, one of the communications officers behind uh, Swanwick and Dr. Hamilton uh, is an actor named Aaron Smolinski. We've seen Aaron Smolinski before. In fact, we've seen him naked. He was baby Kal-El in Superman the movie. What?
0: In 1978, yep. Did he want to show his dick again? <laughs> <laughs> we should bring him on the podcast and ask him. <laughs> hey, man. compared to Burt Ward. (laughs) Did they ever want to give you any pills?
1: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So Snyder wanted this scene with, you know, Kal-El meets Zod, and they're up in the Earth's outside of the Earth's atmosphere, and and Snyder deliberately wanted that, that element where Superman falls to the ground and sort of vomits or coughs up blood uh, because he wanted to show a more vulnerable side of Superman uh, without the use of kryptonite. They, they have, like, what, they, a red la-
0: red lamp going on in that ship or something? Or, or they just change the overall atmosphere? It's, it's a different
1: atmosphere, I believe. Okay. I don't think there's a red lamp. Uh, it's, it's a, a different su- atmosphere, so all of them are, like, on equal playing fields.
0: It's a slight, kind of a slight change to mythology there a little bit. They ever had like, any kind of, like, um, you know, atmosphere change, changing his power kind of deal going on in the comics?
1: Um, not that I'm aware of. I'm sure that, like, it's a red sun type of thing is what they were going right. for. On air, but uh, I don't think it's there's much more to it than than that in the movie. Okay, uh, but I don't I don't know offhand. Anybody feel free to correct us in the comments section and let yeah. us know if there are comics that they were drawing from that specifically. Just oh, this is specifically Kryptonian atmosphere in this ship. This
0: was in the trailer too. I remember and uh, him mm-hmm. him him throwing up blood, and yeah. obviously you know it's an attempt from Snyder and, and everybody. We want the show. Superman very weak in the trailer that mm-hmm. is you know to kind of go against all that bullshit about he's too powerful he's too powerful it's like yeah. okay man well we're going to show him like vomiting blood up in the trailer so yeah yeah
1: it also makes a lot of sense in this cuz if you introduce kryptonite then that's way too easy to take out the rest of like everyone else like right. why doesn't the armor just use it so <laughs> yeah. i get why there was no kryptonite in this movie cuz it just it even's the playing field too much it, it's a lot better for him to do it this way
2: yeah, yeah, for
0: sure.
1: Uh, during this time, Superman gets this vision where Zod talks to him, and Superman goes from wearing a royal shirt to wearing the black suit, like the one right. that I'm wearing. Right, right. Uh, right now. And so this is the first time that we see Cavill in the black suit before he's going to wear it in the Snyder Cut for the Justice League movie. And, of course... The black suit is to represent the Kryptonian science since Zod is also in a black suit. All, pretty much all the other characters in this movie, the undergarment to the armor is a black uniform. So,
0: this was a cool sequence. I mean, with all the skulls, pop, the skulls coming, yeah, coming up, and all that. I mean, you know, this is mm-hmm. like the nightmare sequence, and all that. Like Snyder really shines mm-hmm. with this kind of thing. You know? Yeah, I agree. Point to Snyder. S- Point. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Another one.
1: <laughs> another one. And another one. Zod plans to terraform and turn Earth into a new Krypton, as he reveals to Kal-El in this version. Uh, and that's exactly what his plan is in Richard Donner and Jeff Johns' last son. So, again, like it's it's kind of sad that it doesn't seem like Jeff Johns and Zack Snyder ended up getting along during this time, when a lot of Snyder's stuff is inspired by Jeff Johns himself. So, right, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but... I mean, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't point out the actual stuff that was drawn off of John's. Right. Unfortunately. Right. So it's just too bad. It's one of those when you meet your heroes type of thing, it sounds like. Right. So, oh well. Let's see. Another cool thing is I really liked the lowest lane sequence where she escapes from the ship. Yeah, that was with cool. With jor help, I think. What's also cool, I've noticed, I didn't notice this when I first saw it, but I noticed it later on when people were talking about the soundtrack online. Hans Zimmer gives Lois Lane her own action theme throughout the movie.
0: Oh, shit. That's
1: cool. It only plays with Lois, so it plays with uh, when she escapes, tries to escape her apartment. You're trying to tell me Hold
0: on, Lois, oh, but let's, put, well, let's t- stop for a second. You're trying to say that Hans never made a Lois Lane theme, but not a Wonder Woman flight theme? <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> What's I mean, going on here, he gave, man? He
1: Technically gave Wonder Woman her own theme. He just needed to play it in that sequence. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: there's no flight theme.
1: Rather than, rather than take it from sunshine, but yeah. We have <laughs>
0: a theme for Lois Lane being like running around a maze on a ship with yes. with Ghost Jorel. Jor-El. Yeah. <laughs> ghost Ghost Robot Vision yeah. Jorel.
1: It it plays yeah, it plays in that sequence and it plays in the earlier sequence where she's trying to escape from her apartment and escape the army, but then she gets caught. So it's it's a great theme. I don't think it's in Batman versus Superman. Or maybe it is, but just for a little bit. Not a
0: lot of Lois in there, right? Or no?
1: There's more Lois in the Ultimate Edition. Oh, there There's is? Oh, the I Internet haven't seen that well. yet.
0: I'm waiting whenever we do our coverage, which is That's coming going up going to be soon. next time. <laughs> yep. I'm so. watching it this week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I love, I love the sequence. We do have various Kryptonian criminals we see during this. Jax Ur, the scientist I mentioned earlier in Part 1, is the one who's operating on Superman, and Carvex is the woman who's trying to chase after Lois and is the one who jor is like, you know, move your head, and Car- Carvex tries to go after Lois at that moment. We do have a deeper dive in our Patreon from last week where we went into an hour and a half on the various backstories of all these different Phantom Zone villains. So you can't say Snyder and Goyer didn't do their homework you when get, it came to these guys. That's
0: true. They do. And, you know, you can't say you don't get your money's worth there on <laughs> that their Patreon, guys. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> that was an episode in itself. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, so Lois escapes, and the atmosphere now goes back to Earth atmosphere, which allows Superman to have his powers, and he, has, he gets to talk to jor for one last time, where jor says, you can save them. You can save all of them. And cut to Superman. Everybody
0: remember this line for later. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's cut to Superman <laughs> with his arms outstretched like Jesus as he flies out, which felt a little heavy-handed, but I, I do love that moment with jor though. It was I good. Yes, trail, it, know, was good. it was good. Like, yeah. It gave me chills when I first saw that in the trailer. It was in yeah. one of the trailers, and I was like, oh, shit, like, this is going to be a treat.
0: Russell Crowe is great in this fucking movie. He is. I mean, goddamn. You know, to me, he kind of seems like, at, at first, he's like, this is just me judging people the wrong way. Let me just put that <laughs> out there. But I just feel right. like Russell Crowe, he doesn't seem like he would like comics. He doesn't seem like... It's like Seinfeld in a way, <laughs> like it's people that don't seem like they like comics, but he probably he probably right. does, you know. I don't know. Maybe he just maybe really he took does. it seriously,
1: or maybe he just really likes. Maybe it's a Brando uh. thing, where it's a star, but he just really wanted to to put his all into it. So it's no, he's great in this. Yeah, I wish there was more of him, but you know, I, he's I do Jor-El, too. So there was some talk of him so doing
0: more or something <laughs> at some point, like a. A Krypton movie. I don't know. There was when Man of Steel came out. There was like all kinds of like rumors of all kinds of bullshit. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because it was a movie to kick off the universe, so right. of course everyone's gonna be like, "There's gonna be this movie. There's gonna be a
0: trench movie. All those sorts of things." The trench that came out that came shortly <laughs> after Aquaman. Aquaman, <laughs> yeah, it did. Who knows what's I going know. on with that?
1: <laughs> it's not happening. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not.
0: It's probably not. Uh,
1: Superman saves Lois in the pod. I know we're not going to talk about it till later, but it would have been appropriate, in my opinion, if the Superman and Lois kiss scene was here instead of at the point where, you know, there was all the destruction. Oh, Actually, yeah. my problem my problem later on with the later kiss scene isn't the actual kiss. I'll, I'll I'll, get into it when we get to that point. Okay. But anyway, it could have been cool, but he saves Lois, and then Zod goes to the Kent farm to try to get to the ship because he thinks the Codex is in the ship. And Martha Kent uh, basically tells him to go to hell, which is fine, right. which is awesome. And uh, Snyder thinks he even should have given Martha Kent a shotgun <laughs> during this sequence. That would have been
0: cool, actually. <laughs>
1: even though it, it's useless against Zod, but it yeah. still would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah,
0: that's cool. It makes her, makes uh, Ma Kent seem really badass. It does. You know?
1: Yeah. I think it's... It would have added another dimension, but again, like, it, it would have just kind of been... It's one of those nice-to-haves. It wouldn't have made everything automatically better, I think, so... Right. Oh, well. Uh, let's see. Here's... Another, here's a Snyder vs. Critics thing, which is Zod is threatening Martha, and then Superman arrives and tackles Zod and flies him away for threatening his mom. But he also leaves all the other Kryptonians alone with his mom.
0: This was a mistake.
1: I agree. Yeah, I didn't notice so, this the
0: first time I watched it. but Because I'm just yeah.
1: like... Okay, but what about everyone else who's there? They can easily take her hostage because they know that there's a connection between the two. They didn't. Like, it's like they just leave her. It's kind of like The Dark Knight, where like Batman saves Rachel, and then the Joker kind of is expected to have just left the party without doing anything because he didn't find Harvey Dent. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Like,
0: I mean, maybe <clears throat> Snyder could. You can make an excuse for Snyder saying that, like maybe his his cronies don't do anything without him there. And I, maybe. I, I, I don't know. They didn't explain that, so you really have to assume otherwise. So it's kind of a point against Snyder. And or yeah.
1: <clears throat> maybe he saves her first, takes her away, and then he super speeds back. So all the Kryptonians are just at the farm. They don't know where she went. Yeah. And then, he, and then he super speeds her away, stay here, mom, goes back, and then he does the whole, like, you think you can threaten my mother. And then all the cronies are just like, we don't know where the mom is, but go after them because they've right. got the general. And then, you know, something like that. Snyder said in would've.
0: some interview that this was the first time Superman throws a punch or something you know, it was because he's protecting his mom. In that's th- true, in this actually. Movie. He,
1: doesn't, he doesn't really fight anybody before this. He doesn't even fight Zod or Faora yet because of the fact that he was just surrendering, surrendering himself earlier. So yeah. that's a fair point. Yeah, I th- he, Yeah, there was a deliberate attempt to show like, hey, this is what happens when you piss this guy off. Yeah, yeah, on the sequence, which I appreciate. And, of course, it would happen with Martha. It's just the the logistics of the scene. I was like, you know, there's nothing stopping Feyenoord from just heat visioning and frying, barbecuing, you know, Martha Kent. Just Mama. To, yeah. <laughs> Mama, like, oh, no!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. All
1: right, so that's going to be for critics. Yeah,
0: that's say. not... It's just not Mama. great. Yeah, they da, 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 da. more than likely they would have they would have taken her. So uh, yeah. yeah, not not good. I think Veer seem... is going to
1: be like, oh, just leave her alone. Yeah, no, Veer is just going to be like, all right, well, this bitch dies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, or at least taken captive. <coughs> yeah, at the very least, which also could have worked. You yeah. know, they
1: could have taken her captive later on and then brought yeah. her to the Smallville fight and then he has got to back down. Yeah, so that could have been cool too. Uh, so then we, we learn that to... Fiora's
0: mom's name is also Martha so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that in another Another episode
0: Oh, oh man. man
1: Okay so There's the big fight at Smallville with Feyora And Namek for those So Namek is the big guy Okay let's talk about
0: with. this name too Is Namek. we talked about Dragon Ball Connections It's also a fucking uh, Dragon Ball name Namek
1: they now, must have gotten that from the Superman comics, because namex stems all the way back from the '60s or '70s. I know, I dude, it's, so. it is starting to pile up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I guess we're going to do a deep dive on uh, Dragon Ball and Superman at some point. There,
0: so. If you know, yeah, the connections abound. Actually, it's weird. Yes, yes. Uh, Akira, do- Akira Toriyama is a, a Superman fan, I think.
1: You can do those connections, and uh, I already did the James Bond and Batman one. So, boom, there we you know, go. We'll, we'll start doing these deep dives and comparing these characters who you don't originally think are that connected until you realize how much they are. Right. So, uh, let's see. Here's an interesting tidbit that Snyder brought up. Thayera and Namek don't know how to fly at this point. So, that's why they're just jumping around and leaping because yeah. they're trying to acclimate to their powers. And that's also when you know Zod's helmet sort of breaks he's just trying to acclimate to the environment which is a cool addition I think it's this was sort
0: of clear to me as I was watching it I was like oh they're not flying yet you know yeah. Zod doesn't yeah. really fly to the end right
1: no he d- yeah he doesn't fly to the very end yeah. there's, there's the part where he's he like crawls up the building yeah. with his hands yeah, and that's
0: and right that's right <laughs>
1: because he doesn't he doesn't know yet until the very end and that's awesome yeah.
0: I think yeah so, I forgot about great. that part yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: shit. let's see which makes a lot of sense because Clark has been on Earth for X amount of years, 33 years in this movie, uh, 28 in the comics. But in the context of the Phantom Zone and stuff, they don't know that they have powers. They don't know how to work those. They, have, they aren't trained uh, right. in this specific thing, so they would need some time to get used to it. Okay. So that's good. Here's something where I think should be an automatic point for Snyder is that Superman does save people in this movie. He Points. saves during the during the Smallville... I mean, we've even brought it up earlier, but now that he's in the Superman suit, he saved his mom. He's constantly telling people in Smallville in the IHOP to get out of there. That's true. Uh, and he, he saves a pilot at one point, and that pilot is actually a real-life Navy SEAL that oh, Snyder brought on for that role. So that's kind of cool. So Snyder gets an automatic point for that, so I believe that makes it Snyder three. Points! Critics... Five. See, it's not going to be as much of a landslide as many people might have thought See? after part two. See? See? We do like this movie. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Talk about it for three episodes.
1: Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, we talked about Wonder Woman 84 for three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, this is, this is more of a, uh, here's the stuff that we appreciate, and here's stuff that eh, could have been a little better that we agree with. So there's this great shot where, after the whole Smallville fight, the army comes to close in on Superman and you get to see the cape swish in on the camera. Yeah. There's literally behind the scenes footage of Snyder being off screen using the cape and moving it so he can <laughs> get that exact shot. <laughs> so for anybody who's wondering how they got that that's how they got is that. Is this Pretty how awesome. is this
0: the scene where he's there in the desert and he's like floating in the air just a little bit like a few feet off the ground
1: no this is this is when the army this is after the Smallville fight okay where uh, they close in on him and Hardy is just like this man is not our enemy
0: oh yeah that's right yeah 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 yeah,
1: yeah. <clears throat> Chris Maloney is arguably has some of the most character development in this movie <laughs> yeah that's from, true from, from being that's just true. like oh, I don't trust this guy to be like this guy's legit no I like this guy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they all end up strategizing what they're going to do. And that leads us to my next one, which will be our last one before the break, which is the naming of Superman. Snyder did not want to give the naming of Superman any sort of pomp and circumstance deliberately. And so what happens is Superman sort of gets his name simply because an army dude is just like, you know, they're there with Superman. And Swanwick's like, Superman he's like, that's what they name him. (laughs) And uh, this got criticized for just kind of being very anticlimactic. And uh, personally, I get the idea behind it, but I also feel like it could have been done better. Like it just feels very anticlimactic to me uh, on that. Where It's almost like they were trying to go for in between a big moment but not a big moment at the same time.
0: Uh, And it kind of falls flat, you think?
1: It kind of just falls flat as opposed to like – Like I wasn't. If you want to understate it, like I should be impressed with the understated, you know, or or something like that. (laughs) Like I should, I should be like, oh, that's kind of cool that they did it that way, as opposed to just being like, okay, so it's kind of a reveal, but not at the same time. So, yeah. What did you think?
0: Well, I mean, social media was already a thing. He's wearing a big ass. I mean, they could have had some sort of like, yeah, the people are calling him Superman, and maybe that's enough. But the fact that they cut Lois off in mid-sentence, right? Yeah. That was not just in the trailer. That that made it to the movie. It's in the movie, yeah. And it's just like, it kind of reminds me of them not saying zombie in The Walking Dead. Mm. Uh, They call them walkers. You know what I mean? There's just something about people just not wanting to say... That maybe because they think it's too uh, it's too on the nose. It brings you out of it. You're you're more mm-hmm. in your world. You're using your world's terminology instead uh, instead of using that world's terminology. So they the writer brings you in with its own terminology via walkers. But like it's a different different kind of thing, I guess, with Superman because you're gonna have to fucking call him that eventually. You know, Walk, yeah. Walking Dead can go on forever. And just call them walkers forever. You don't ever mm-hmm. need zombies. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, they they needed maybe a better way. Like it's it, it it can almost come off as if they're ashamed of the name. It's like it's like the X Men people making fun of uh, the black. Uh, you know what am I going to wear? Blue and yellow spandex. Dex, yes. And and then the rest of the audience <laughs> is like, yes, motherfucker. Yes. That's kind of <laughs> what we want exactly. Uh, you know, I laugh like everybody else did in in, in the year 2000 when it came out, but right. as we now see, as we've, you know, experimented with this genre for 20 years since then, 21 count and, and going now, mm-hmm. uh, we find that the colorful suits are what we want and just, I don't know, I'm going off a fucking tangent again, but the fucking, but yes, I don't know, find a better way than that. Yes, it was not yep. done. So, okay. so to critics...
1: <clears throat> to critics so Snyder 3 Critic 6 Snyder will have an opportunity to catch up because we're going to be doing a lot of this is where we're getting to some of the most controversial stuff into the movie in, so. in, in my
0: head all that shit is way more connected until I fucking say it out loud let me just put <laughs> it's like wait I'm, I'm just rambling now it's like after a while when I start talking like that
1: <laughs> so Snyder 3 Critic 6 we will find out who wins and then the second half of this catch you after the break
2: Need some adventure in your life? What Mad Universe is a podcast about the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, where we delve the depths of pop culture history.
3: Everything's the same politically, but we have ray
2: guns. The the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, scientifically possible.
3: But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's arguments about that, but I would definitely
2: consider Star Wars science fiction. You haven't read Dune!
3: No, I haven't. You can
2: never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Jor. Yes, Zod, what is it? It looks you're in a you're in a panic here.
1: Jor, I know what we can do to take over the council. I have the technology. I know how to use it. All I have to do is create an army by cloning myself.
2: You're talking like I'm in on this plan.
1: You're part of it now, Jor. You're the only one who also knows that Krypton's about to explode. We have to do something.
2: Don't implicate me on this, Zod. I'm trying to just warn people and maybe just find another planet for us all to go to. This
0: is... Uh, This is heresy.
1: Hey, don't take my word. That's
2: my word.
0: I don't care. So, uh, I just grab this here gun and then point it at you and then what does this do? Crikey. Uh.
2: There's two of you now.
0: Heresy.
1: See, I told you that was my word.
0: This is kind of fun. Are they all like you, Zolt? Take
1: another shot and let's see.
0: Oh, all right. Here we go. Five of you now.
1: Perfect. The perfect soldier, just like me.
0: This is great. Ah, fuck it. Here's some more. (coughs) Nyat. Nyat. Nyat.
1: Alright, I don't know why they're talking like that, but...
0: Wow. I guess this means I'll have to build even more spaceships, but... I mean, I know you're the soldier class, but I'm going to need your your muscle to help lug around these lug nuts and Kryptonian steel and whatnot in order to build the spaceship. So that's why I need more of you. So yeah, a a couple more, actually.
2: Okay, I don't know where that came from. And then maybe we can talk about you and Faora.
1: Maybe some other time. This is not my purpose. We must save Krypton. Here. All my soldiers, help Jor store the lug nuts or whatever it is that he needs you to do.
2: All right, get that lug nut
0: out of your ass. Zod, are, are, these, are these exactly like you or a little
2: bit different each time?
1: I... Th- something seems to be off. They just... They're <laughs> running all over the place. I just... hey, everybody! Neil Kneel! Kneel before Drew! That's wait, Drew, name.
0: wait, hold on a second. Your name your name is Zod, right? Zod is your first name or no? Th-
1: that's my last name, but like I don't I don't want to be one of those people who refers to himself, you know, in his last name in third person. If I'm gonna do it in third person, at least be humble and call it by my first name. But I don't know if uh, I y- like you're that. You're
2: telling so. them to say Neil before Drew.
1: Yeah, I don't like the ring to it. I need to work on it.
2: Am I talking to the original Zod? I don't even know anymore. Ah, uh, fuck
0: it. Okay. Neil before that doesn't really have a the ring to it uh, yeah. I think you should maybe stick with the family name there mate
1: okay all right everyone Neil stop.
0: Stop oh there you go that sounds better yeah that, that's good that's good thanks Jor. all right everybody if you like that sketch right there we have that plus news plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod and if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes. Basically, consider it Superhouse DLC. Oh.
2: Acid rain, drug addiction, domestic terrorism.
1: Now more than ever. It is important to remember what truly matters.
2: Superhero stuff you should know. Don't miss superhero stuff you should know on a podcast app near you. Your life may just depend on it.
0: We're back on the fucking air, everybody. Let's get this <laughs> shit in. Woo! All right, so this intense <laughs> this- Snyder shit. Fucking let's do it.
1: Well, we did bring up, you were talking about colorful costumes, and I thought it would be good, especially because we Off have a the fan air, comment later on. Off
0: the air, I think. did I? No, I brought it, that was on the air, you yes. You brought it up That was, you on, it up on, that the was air, on the on air, air, yes. yes. <laughs> you're right, you're right.
1: Because uh, we do have a fan comment talking about them not being a fan of the Superman suit in this movie. The Superman suit, I believe, was probably, if there was any controversy about it, it was probably due to the fact that it, it wasn't quite traditional. It was more muted. There was no trunks, <laughs> red trunks. Which we haven't seen on a a Superman in live action. The evolution of the
0: Superman trunks are as follows. Above the goddamn belly button in George Reeve's time in Kirk (laughs) Allen, all the way down looking like some big ass boxer shorts. Yes. Then uh, Christopher Reeve is like a normal, like, you know, 1970s, uh, what you call it, like Calvin Klein, like a regular cut of Tidy Whitey's, Mm -hmm. but, you Mm -hmm. know, of course, red. Then. What's after that? Brandon Routh. I know I'm skipping some, uh but Brandon Ralph if we're
1: going movie only, then yeah.
0: Actually, no, that's that's actually skipping. Have you ever seen the picture of fucking um what uh Nicolas Cage's look like?
1: I've saw I've seen many cuz he's had a lot of different costumes.
0: Nicolas Cage one of it looks like a goddamn red speedo. <laughs> okay? And then mm. you know, then they go back to a little bit more conservative where it looks like I don't know, like um like thin boxer shorts and then finally you have none that was for superman returns and then and then none at all uh for superman, for, man well, for man of steel the evolution of the underpants he, he had
1: them in he had them in superman returns i'm pretty sure he did but yeah yeah it was did, this, yeah. it was his
0: boxer brief looking yeah. thing but nowhere near the george reeve one that was the la- yeah
1: that was the last time Reeves. that we had that in uh <clears throat> in the movies in live action uh but here it, like the colors are darker the yellow is not as bright and uh, the instead of the well i'm just going to bring it up and instead of the trunks and the traditional belt the belt is kind of more of a the alien design of what seems to be the shape of a belt without actually being a belt cuz it doesn't it's not wrapping fully around the waist
0: what are your on thoughts that, so. on on this suit we haven't talked about the suit actually in detail at all
1: i think it's great i like it a lot i don't i i'm not th- if okay maybe it's not as bright as previous versions but i think it it fits well on uh, Cavill, I think the colors are fine to me. I, I think the it has the nice mix of both the traditional Superman outfit with the Kryptonian sort of designs that they have in the movie. So I'm I've haven't had a problem with any of the suits that uh, that Cavill had, especially compared to poor Brandon Ralph. Brandon Ralph had a way better Superman suit in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths on television <laughs> than he did it in <laughs> Superman Returns, where just like the S was. Cuny and the, the <laughs> colors it was like maroon instead of red i was like it just kind of looks ugly in comparison to what we've seen before the kingdoms come suit he wore in prices was so much better it was than what he had to wear in, in in superman returns and uh the tyler hecklin's suits could be better even the the new one i'm just like eh, i'm not sure about the the s being just part of the the suit itself but i think he's a great superman but yeah. I, I think Cavill probably has, yeah, in my opinion, probably the best Superman suit since Reeve.
0: I I agree. I I don't really miss the uh the the red trunks really. Uh, I know that's mm-hmm. iconic, and you know Stephen Colbert at the time actually said something on the Colbert Rapport. This was before he had his own sh- the Colbert Show or whatever. I think right. Um, he's also Superman fan. It seems like, but uh, <laughs> he you know it's. I don't really need it, and like Snyder's talked about this before too, where his Snyder Snyder seemingly aware that this suit comes from circus strongmen, and they kind mm-hmm. of had an underwear on the outside look uh, at that time when Siegel and Schuster made this suit. So um, you know they say that the reason superheroes wear tights is because Superman did, and the reason mm-hmm. Superman did is because circus strongmen did at the time. Right. Uh, but and then another thing I think is. Uh, a full body suit, sort of, you know, kind of has a uh, has a sci-fi vibe, you know, like a full mm-hmm. maybe classic sci-fi, but you know, people like like retro futurism kind. I don't know. Maybe I'm going way off the rails here, but <laughs> like almost a retro sci-fi vibe. I don't know. I just sort of connect those in my head for some reason. And Superman being a sci-fi character, I just think that it it's not. It was a, again points to Snyder, is what I'm saying. This, I, yeah, you know if. Yeah. Are we doing points for this one?
1: We're doing. We're definitely doing points for this okay. one. I think. I okay. Uh, I didn't initially plan for it, but I'm also like, uh, there's a bunch of stuff that would probably were not as controversial as like the destruction of Metropolis that we should still address and and give points to, especially because we do like this interpretation in the
0: movie. Yeah. So yeah. The that's suits be
1: good. Snyder, four critics. Six. I'm kind of somebody who's just like, I, I appreciate. It when they do have the trunks, because then kind of shows like, hey, like we're going to stick to the, the original tradition. But if they don't have it, I'm not like, oh my god, why didn't they have the trunks? I'm kind of just like, all right, well they decided not to do it for this version, whatever. You know, like yeah. I still haven't seen Batman in trunks,
0: right? All never, these years, never. we've
1: seen him with rubber nipples, but he's never that's he's true. Never had the the underwear on the outside, uh, and it would actually, arguably, would make more sense with him because it could just be a harness for when he's climbing up buildings and shit.
0: And, and, like, uh, I know it's it's supposed to be alien, and then aliens could do weird stuff like, you know, underwear on the outside. I get it. Uh-huh. Uh, but, right. you know, this is, again, a sci-fi suit that comes from a fucking spaceship. And I don't know. I just think it works mm-hmm. for this movie, and I don't mind the yellow being on and the crest. Right. And um, the belt also. I remember that being a thing, too. And it's just like, again, you know, it being a sci-fi suit, we just don't really need a belt we don't. Mm-hmm. We don't need that. You need yeah. the cape. That's. I, that's. I, I'm, I don't want to update that much. That's where you go <laughs> too far. You need the cape. You need the boots. Yeah. Like to me, Snyder kept all the fucking like, uh, you know, shit you need. Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
1: I agree that, that that's there. You don't necessarily need all the other stuff. If it's there, fine. Yeah. But if not, then, you know, close enough in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I guess another thing to bring up since we're sort of pitting the traditional Superman stuff versus Man of Steel is we talked about the music earlier the theme song so mm-hmm. this is the first time since Superman in the moment that we haven't had the John Williams Superman score in that <laughs> Superman movie <laughs> yep. it was in all the Christopher Reeve movies it was in Superman Returns it was also used on television with Smallville uh, there's probably other versions I'm missing right now uh, where they've used it they're also used in a bunch of cartoons uh, as well and Hans Zimmer comes in and does something that feels very much like it's a deliberate choice to do a different style. Mm-hmm. It's not a fanfare at all. It's it's very hopeful theme. It's more understated. It's definitely a different style. It's 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 kind of like what he did with the Batman theme, where yeah. he did a different style from the traditional Elfman or Shirley Walker one. On it, uh, do I prefer one over the other? You know, I I think the Williams Superman score is iconic. I think the theme is absolutely iconic however i think the zimmer superman theme is fantastic as well like this is a score that i listened to a lot when i was preparing the notes on this it's a great score it's it's a fantastic work uh so for me i'm just like i didn't need john williams in this movie i I don't think this movie would work as well with john williams just like i don't think Batman begins would have worked with the danny elfman theme. you kind of need to to give it its own thing the only reason why I kind of excused it in uh, Justice League was that it was kind of cool uh, to hear it with Cavill, but in general, like, yeah, it would ha- it's going to have more impact when we see it in the Snyder version where they bring back his theme as opposed to the one in the uh, the Donner movies and the John Williams stuff because that's, that's the theme that Cavill's Superman has. So for me, point goes to Snyder when it comes to choosing this.
0: I agree. Uh, again, points to Snyder. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's good, like... You know, it can be too much of a good thing. Maybe I don't know. Like with the Williams score, like it's mm-hmm. it's good, but it's you know Snyder's trying to differentiate himself too, uh, yeah. and, and he did in in numerous ways, <laughs> as we all know. But but yeah, this is a great score. It's not quite as like like Kevin Smith brings this up too. Um, with the older themes, with um, the older Batman one and and the Williams one, it's uh, you can kind of hum them, you mm-hmm. know but with with Zimmer's you, they're not really hummable which mm-hmm. which maybe is a is a slight minus but at the same time that's just another difference that this score has and i mean we all saw the we all heard the beauty of this score in those first trailers i mean go back and watch trailer 3 for man of steel it's just like it works yep. so so beautifully and uh and yeah i agree i think i think i think Zimmer did a great job with with this
1: I just feel like if it's a fanfare type of theme, it's always going to be compared to Williams. So yeah. the idea is to do something yeah. completely different, and I and I appreciate that. Yeah, I think yeah. that it's it's the appropriate way to go because otherwise people are just like, "Hey, it's good, but it's not as good as Williams."
0: You got to carve out your own niche, man. You got to you got to yeah yeah make your it's own a different way style. Yeah,
1: it's a different style, and I think it works. So Snyder five, Critic six. See, oh things shit, are getting, <laughs> things are getting eaten uh, up. pretty close. You didn't yep. expect this, did you? In that. <laughs> 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 All right. So next. Uh, next one, A lot. Of, this is going to be mostly focused on Snyder vs. Critics for the rest of this because we have a whole lot of action sequences and a lot of it was very controversial. So one of it is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the idea where Superman and the army split off, where there are like two world engines. There's one in Metropolis and one in the Arctic. And Superman goes to the one in the Arctic because he feels that uh, if he doesn't stop it, the gravity field will keep expanding. Wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. It's in the Indian Ocean, right?
1: It's in the ocean, or it's, it feels like the Arctic. It's actually no, it's in the ocean. Yeah, you're right. You're Indian, right Indian ocean, it's Indian Indian Ocean. I in, believe it's in the it's in the ocean. I remember it being in the ocean. Yeah. sorry, I thought it was the Arctic, but I got that mixed up with the where the ship was. No, I got you.
0: I think that's because that they're the, it's exa- the middle of nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> well, also, it's the exact opposite of America. I think the Indian Ocean. Ah, got it. Okay. Opposite of the globe. I remember, dude. I'm telling you, I was insane about this movie. Like, I <laughs> I, I did <laughs> lose that like a little bit of research at the time. <laughs> This
1: is uh, Andrew correcting, doing the corrections department on me, everybody. I I (laughs) saved you a
0: couple comments there. (laughs) Thank you. So you're welcome. Camden
1: was going to swoop in (laughs) and just be like, actually. (laughs) Captain B Swinger. (laughs) Captain B Swinger.
0: They're going to get a bunch of actually memes (laughs) with the uh, actually.
1: Yes. So this was criticized because the world engine is in Metropolis, whereas the Indian Ocean, there's nobody there except for Aquaman and you know a bunch of sea life uh he's gonna throw uh, a polar bear at you yeah the criticism was superman didn't go to where the people were uh on it and was instead (laughs) you know you see all this destruction in a metropolis that's that's, that's
0: true actually i've thought about that one i've known all of these until until this one yes but that's right
1: where where do you stand on this critics (laughs)
0: this is not good (laughs) this is not good actually i haven't even thought about this one why this is a problem this is a problem hollywood writers look i'm not a fucking writer you have a fucking career out there if you're listening you fucking but why 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 bring the action outside of this whole other fucking thing keep it in metropolis man what the fuck are you doing
1: yeah. yeah, keep all the keep, swish it. Have the army in the other place. Plus like there's like if I don't stop at the gravity field will keep expanding. I'm just like, well that's because of a rule you wrote in. Like that can, yeah. This is a this is a made up world. You can change the the rules of it as long as it makes <laughs> sense with what's going on.
0: And this will come back to our talk when we, when we talk about the destruction, but when you're a writer, We're about to, yeah. you yeah. are god. You are god yes. when you write. You can change all the rules. So, and everything that happens. So, um Let's just keep that in mind whenever we get to the next part. But yes, Yes, uh, uh, critics, critics for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree with this because of the fact that, like, this movie, his first time in Metropolis, it feels like, is when he goes to fight Zod. And I kind of wish that he had more time in Metropolis earlier. I get that in this version, he's not at the Daily Planet yet. He's not a reporter. However, just imagine some sort of emotional connection to the people there when he saves them. Like, there's no... There's no emotional connection to Perry, Steve, and Jenny from Superman's standpoint because he doesn't know who they are yet. There's this whole sequence where Perry is trying to save Jenny and give her hope uh, and all that. And I'm like, this would be fantastic if they had been saved earlier by Superman, had seen Superman, had been inspired by Superman. Perry's inspired by Superman to stick it out with Jenny and potentially sacrifice himself with her so that she's not alone and doesn't have to die alone. Right, Like, that would have been fantastic. Instead it's just like, okay, I'm expected to care about these characters, but they they don't have anything to do with Superman's development. It's kind of just like it's a nice moment with these minor characters, but it, it how does it tie into the theme of everything? Sure, the theme is hope and the theme is Superman inspiring people, but these people don't know who Superman is right at this moment. They've never seen him before. The they th- they the have th- no interaction with him at, at all.
0: The theme of the movie is not not even really hope, you know, it's mentioned, but it's not the theme.
1: It doesn't feel like it, yeah. no. Uh, and that's the problem. Like, I, I wish that Superman went to Metropolis, not necessarily because uh, you just need to see people, Superman save people. That part's true. But also, from a storytelling standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, it would just make everything more powerful that they have there. Yeah. Like, it would give him a connection to Perry. Stephen jenny when he saved them and and, and see the reactions to him and see how his actions inspire them just like we kind of see how his actions sort of inspire colonel hardy to sacrifice himself for the phantom zone thing
0: right so no yeah
1: uh, i agree yeah again like you need to set up his re- what is his relationship with metropolis like with batman it's easy because gotham is where he grew up and that's where his parents died in a gutter as we've seen 300 times in the movies but <laughs> in superman He's, in this version, he hasn't been to Metropolis before. His heart is in Smallville.
0: So you need to give him something. Talking about his relationship with Gotham, man. Fucking Kevin Smith, his daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, said in some some interview or some clip that sometimes her dad, Kevin Smith, gets high and starts crying about how beautiful it is, about how much he sacrifices for Gotham. (laughs) That's definitely more hardcore than me. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> He's, he stands so hard, bro. Like, that shit's hilarious, I man. got you saying it. <laughs> gonna, that's how this shit starts. I started saying bro uh, just to make fun of people that say bro, and now I really <laughs> say it.
1: It's the problem of trying to be ironic these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so during this world engine scene, uh, apparently this is Henry Cavill's favorite scene in the movie. Is oh, I did not the know world that. Engine. Did not yeah, know that. He mentions this in the In, in the, the Indian Ocean one? Yeah, the Indian Ocean one. <laughs> Why is that, like, that really his favorite? Compared, I I don't know. Maybe it's just the his resolve to to stop the thing. Maybe because of the fact that he's clearly stra- it's he's straining himself just to try to destroy this thing. But again, like imagine Perry, Jenny, Low. Everybody's watching him as he's like fighting back this thing.
0: It's a know? cool like, cool action, but it's just the action itself is cool. And that guy finally got mm. his wish that wrote Wild Wild West. Isn't that a thing? Where the guy there's <laughs> some the, connection there yeah. with the John
1: guy. Peters really wanted Superman to fight a giant spider, and we kind of got it in this movie where the the Kryptonian ship of the world engine sort of forms into a, a tentacled type of thing with legs to fight Superman. So that's kind of what Andrew's talking about.
0: Yeah, that it's been some weird thing with the ramp up to Man of Steel, I guess, uh, and that's he. He did he get it in Wild Wild West? I only saw that in the theater. But he did back in it. He did it in did Wild Wild, it. Wild West. Yeah. The guy. The, the Cause, guy cause Kevin Smith fights. saw
1: it. He, Yeah. Kevin Smith saw that and he was like, "Motherfucker."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a little weird. It's, I mean, the I, again, action is cool, but it's you don't need it. Like, make you just don't need to write that in. Like you said earlier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also, I feel that like. If you had it with Metropolis, what does he learn? He learns about Metropolis. He has a connection to Metropolis. He has a connection to these people. He saves Perry White, and now he has a reason to go to Perry White for a job. You know, it would play so much in the story. What does this play in for the rest of the story with him stopping in the ocean? It shows he can fly
0: really fast. That's it. He flies (laughs) to the end of the ocean (laughs) and fights. We already knew that. Yeah, we already know. It doesn't do anything.
1: It doesn't do anything to progress his story as opposed to, you know, when you saw just to compare it to the origin movie that inspired it, Batman Begins, like each scene had something where he learned something that he applies to the next part. You know, he goes to visit Gordon and he tries to jump that rooftop and he barely makes it. And then the next time he shows up to Morgan Freeman, he's like, yeah, I need something for base jumping. That's what I, that's
0: what's so great about Batman Begins. They're like, why bats? Why fear? Why theatrics? Why this? Why that? Like Nolan is really good at that kind of thing with themes and, and stuff like that. I think honestly, that's one of Nolan's, greatest strengths and I don't the themes, think yeah. I don't think Snyder is quite as good at that particular thing
1: right I, I feel like Snyder has those in mind but yeah. it's, it's kind of a difference in conveying it I'd th- say yeah. Nolan if he has any flaws with themes is that he hits you over the head with them <laughs> <I would say> <laughs> Snyder, <laughs> has, like, the, uh, Snyder yeah, might yeah. have the opposite problem where like you kind of the average person who doesn't read into the stuff kind of needs to read a an essay from <laughs> a Superman enthusiast on why you know, this is such a great moment here with a flight scene or something like that. You know, it's it's not the same type of, it's not quite on the same level because they have different strengths. They're different people. Yeah. So Yeah. It makes sense uh, to me, but yeah, I was just like, <clears throat> if I have a big problem with the the last, I'd say hour of Man of Steel, it's that like I there's a lot of opportunities to go differently that would have had a lot more emotional impact on me, and right. instead I'm kind of just left somewhat bored by just watching more destruction and more Superman flying through shit as opposed to being more invested about like, Oh, like that's cool. He saved these, you know, he saved Perry and that's going to set up this part or, or whatever, or other parts that were similar to Batman begins where the, the, it explains this or that part of the Superman mythos that you didn't think about before.
0: Are we at the Aldo city Sentinel. destruction now, or is there more? We're getting, we're getting close okay. to it. I, I, mean, don't know, I don't know being... how much I want to say before we get to the actual, that, that part officially.
1: We're getting pretty close. We're okay. getting pretty close. Okay. Uh, I would say let's start talking about it when he's actually in the fight with Zod, because okay. the main criticism had to do more with Superman allowing that to happen than it did with the fact that the city was being destroyed. So right now he's just destroyed the
0: world engine in the ocean. Okay, he's destroyed the world engine, he's coming back, and now he's fighting Zod.
1: He's, he's going to come back to to fight Zod, so, but we're not quite there yet. Okay. Uh, so, he there were some people who claimed during the World Engine scene as well, when he is like straining himself, they claimed that they cg Christopher Reeves' face. This was a him.
0: rumor, right? But I, is that that's not real, though?
1: I don't think that's real. I yeah. think Snyder would have confirmed that by now. I just think it's just that's just what Cavill looks like. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, like yeah. Cavill just looks like Superman. They, yeah. just, you know, they have similar looks. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay, that's just what
0: happened. There's a type. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, Hamilton and Hardy end up sacrificing themselves to send to send Feyora and the criminals into the Phantom Zone. Uh, Lois is the only survivor because Superman's able to save her. Uh, the original idea, however, was to send Zod along with them yeah. into the Phantom Zone, yeah. which would have saved this entire final uh, city destruction controversy uh, on it.
0: It was <laughs> next snap, uh, too. Uh,
1: they felt that, quote-unquote, it felt like a cop-out for the story that we were telling. So. They didn't like that it sounded yeah. cheesy.
0: That's what it sounds like to me.
1: I guess so. I guess so. Uh, they Superman. wanted more
0: violence, really. <laughs> you know, We really need some killing. We so. need to inject some testosterone into this motherfucker.
1: Superman, Last Son, the story arc Superman, Last Son, all ends in a similar way where Superman has to work with others in order to send Zod and the Cri- Phantom Zone criminals back to the Phantom Zone. However, in the comic, he isn't working with the army. He's working with Lex Luthor. Okay. So, that's kind of a cool thing, but that's probably where they got that from. Okay. Uh, Superman saves Lois, and here's where we get to the next Snyder vs. Critics. He saves Lois, they kiss, and then she makes a joke about how it all goes downhill after the first kiss. Now, mind you, this is after we're like in the rubble of all of Metropolis, and I'm like, this is feels... A, it's not that funny. <laughs> uh, and B, it just feels kind of tone deaf to the rest of the movie because the movie doesn't seem like it's about making these types of jokes. This isn't like.
0: Not a lot of humor of a, in yeah, this movie, actually. it's
1: not a lot of humor, and you don't need that moment. Like I, This is this is definitely a line that did not need to be there. I kind of get it with having them kiss for the first time here because he saved her. But you don't need that line. So okay, for me, for, I side with the critics on this. Okay,
0: okay. This happens in Aquaman too. They had like they fucking like kiss in the middle of a fucking war zone. Like I guess mm. maybe they're the the writers are thinking we don't know if our characters are ever going to see each other. They don't know if they're going to see each other again. So that's why they do it. But still me mm-hmm. me as an audience member when I watch this kind of shit, I'm just like I'm trying to fucking like survive right now. Some fucking building can fall <laughs> on me. I can get shot by an Atlantean. Like why? Right it just it almost takes me out of it a little bit whenever they have like these kiss scenes right. in the fucking middle of a fucking action scene like this like whatever you, when you said it was in the uh you know in Smallville or whatever in, in on the After farm After he saves
1: are in Smallville that would have made that, more sense That would to have me. been
0: way better for me yeah. personally. Um yeah, the kiss was not not great. I mean, not movie ruining. Yeah, that's critics.
1: Okay. That uh makes it Snyder 5 Critics 7. So Critics are still ahead right now on it. Uh, yeah, to me, like I wouldn't. It's less about the kiss and more about the joke. You know, I was just like, uh, the, eh, yeah. he didn't need it here. Like he could have gotten away with that more in Smallville because he just saved her and he didn't know yet that they were going after Martha. But it's, here, I'm just like, I don't know
0: why. Because the joke sounds like, oh, this the rest of this movie is going sounds, downhill.
1: No, it sounds like it's callous about what just happened or what's like. Why is she joking about that when, like, look at the destruction around you. That type. Okay. of Okay. Like, it makes more sense when he rescues her and they land in a cornfield. Yeah. You know, and they have time to breathe. But it doesn't look like they have time to breathe. Like, look at what happened to the city. And you've got, like, Zod's still alive and he's right over there. So, like, it's it's it feels like that was out of place and all you needed to do was either cut the line or move that scene to earlier.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. For me. Critics.
1: Uh, critics. All right. Now we get to the destruction of Metropolis. I'm going to hand this over to you because I feel like you have a lot to say about this.
0: <laughs> I mean, not... I- not as much as my <laughs> intro to this whole thing, but I did say I did fucking hint at this shit in an earlier episode. Yes. This is, you know, the most divisive thing in the whole movie, um, mm-hmm. and amongst fans. And I think, um, it's complicated and that's why it's divisive, uh, in a mm-hmm. sense. Uh, when I, I, you know, I, like I said in the intro to this whole series, I didn't really notice this was a problem, actually. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I just I was just too caught up in the movie or something. I didn't really notice this was an issue until I read some bad reviews after I saw the movie. I was trying not to spoil it for myself, so I didn't read fucking anything. Um, but I do think my controversial opinion about it that I talked about earlier is that uh, Henry Cavill, Superman. He's never we we can kind of assume really that he's never really thrown a punch before. He you know didn't even fucking save his dad because he didn't want to show (laughs) that he had didn't want to show that he had powers. So Mm -hmm. he doesn't know what he's doing. He's fighting a soldier. So Zod is owning this fight. Zod owns this shit. Zod's Mm -hmm. the soldier. Um, The only the only thing he's got is he's more used to his powers. Uh, 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 Cavill's more used to his powers, and Zod's just revving up for that. So, um, that's kind of a you know, you kind of lean more towards Snyder at this point in the conversation, right? Um, like, you know, people say, well, he should have taken it outside of Metropolis and blah 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 blah. It's like, well, Cal doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. This this version of Soups, he's just trying to keep pace. That's how mm-hmm. that's how I read it, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think Snyder. Just likes those visuals, like that one where he just jumps over a goddamn exploding uh, hmm. truck or something. I, yeah, like I know exactly what you're talking it about. It just yeah. blows up behind him. Like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 silly. It's kind of silly. Uh, you know, Snyder love I can tell he just loves the visual. Without it, it doesn't really need for it to make much sense. <laughs> but, um, but like we said earlier, now leaning back towards the critics, um. You're God, remember, so you didn't have to have it like this at all, the writers, you know what I mean? You could have, I don't know, you could have skipped this city destruction entirely, but also, leaning back, (laughs) I'm telling you, it gets fucking complicated. You can lean back towards Snyder, and maybe you, you know, Snyder wanted there to be some casualty to Superman being an idiot, you know? Because he's just starting out. This is, remember, this is they're trying to be Batman Begins, this is Superman Begins kind, of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's, you know, I could see Superman just not knowing what to do here. Um, I don't have the same excuse for the next snap. This is just for, <laughs> this right. is just for city destruction. I see those two as kind of separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I agree. So so. Um, it can kind of go either way. Obviously, I know I'd never say this, but I'm saying I'm saying it, it could have been better. It just could have been better, you know. Um, <laughs> as we all know, um, I see both sides, uh, and I guess I don't know. I guess that's it. I have for the moment. What okay. Do you think?
1: Well, I'll, I'll I'll chime in with with my thoughts because I have a I guess I have a different perspective than most critics on this because most critics are just like you know Superman didn't save all those people. Uh, or whatever, and I'm like, okay, I get it, but that wasn't really what tripped me up when I was watching it. I just felt like, here's all this action, you know, with trying to stop the Phantom Zone villains. We throw punches, unlike that last movie. Yes, and then we throw punches again for another 15 minutes. Many, many punches. (laughs) Many, many punches, and I'm just like, okay, like this is getting a little repetitive to me personally. I know that you're a bigger fan of Superman fights than I am. Uh, I like, that I
0: that like it. It's, it feels like Dragon Ball <laughs> live action. I think it's cool. Right, It's fun.
1: I, but I'm just like, I, I, I mean, I, that's not to say that I don't like watching Superman fight, but it's, it's just like with any other action sequence or fight scene to me where I'm just like, uh, there's a big difference between two dudes. I don't know going on it versus <laughs> one dude who, yeah. one dude that I yeah. hate and one dude who I'm rooting for. You right, know? right, 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 right. It's like the difference between seeing a random street fight between two random strangers versus like your best friend is going at it with a guy that you know like ruined his life.
0: Well, Zod, like, Z- Zod also says, "I won't stop till everybody's fucking dead." Right. You know what like, I mean? So
1: There's a deliberate uh, from in terms of intentions. There's a deliberate part of Snyder. On Snyder's part, where Zod's kind of just like either I'm going to succeed in this or you kill me. Like this is almost like a suicide by suicide by Superman type yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah, uh, in a way. But for specifically the destruction of Metropolis, I was like, I I don't think I quite pinned it down until I rewatched it and I realized I was like, this would have a lot more impact if a the destruction if he if Superman does learn later on about it, Or like maybe I should have done this or that or those types of things. But the problem is in Batman versus Superman, he doesn't really do that. The consequences basically come out from Lex like, taking advantage of that guy in the wheelchair, but Superman himself doesn't really talk about learning anything from that, or evolving as a character from that. I'm not even sure how they would have done that either, uh, but I'm, I'm saying if the argument is that, oh, Superman's supposed to learn that, that's not really conveyed in, in the follow-up. Uh, it's all, the consequences are only conveyed through other characters, but not anything in terms of Superman's evolution. Uh, my other problem with it, though, is that uh, there's a clear sense thematically from Snyder that he wants us to be about Superman choosing Earth over Krypton, you know, and that that right. this ties into Zod's death as well. And I was like, this would be a lot more dramatic if that felt like a hard choice. Here, he's been on Earth for 33 years. His only exposure to Kryptonians are these assholes who threatened the world, and then took him hostage, and then have been trying to destroy it. Like that's doesn't that's not that dramatic of a choice, in my opinion. Uh, for him to do that I think this would have a lot more emotional resonance if earlier and I and again you don't need to make this that big of a thing it doesn't have to be a full season like a Smallville but in Smallville season nine there was a whole season where Clark meets the young clone of Zod and he knows that Zod is going to turn into General Zod but he knows that this is a clone and so he's like maybe I can redeem him maybe I can maybe I can help him out because he's like me I haven't really met a lot of other people like me there was a he meets there's a version of Supergirl he meets earlier in in the show, but there's a there's a connection there, and especially when it comes to Man of Steel, like this version uh, is not um, he's not really friends with a lot of people. You don't really see him with Pete Ross that much because Pete Ross was a bully in this version. Lana Lang not so much. Like he's pretty much a loner, and to see him have somebody to connect with, to see somebody who is just like oh you're like me, and maybe I can guide you, and I don't feel so alone. 'cause that's what he feels like. He feels like alone early in this movie. Right. If you just had some sense of bonding, so if I were just to make one small change uh, to this movie, is that Zod doesn't threaten the earth when he first makes that message. He basically just says, I just want one one guy from my kind and I'll be out of your hair.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. So, so
1: Superman has no sense that this guy's a threat, which kind of makes sense for him to go up to that scout ship without, you know, much protection on him. Uh, on that, and then he, for a while, for a scene on the scout ship, he bonds with those people for a little bit, learns about Krypton just for a little bit, learn you know learns about Zod and and offers the guide Zod, and then you turn the tables on him with the whole vision and what Zod actually plans for Earth, and then Clark's like, oh shit, yeah. But right. at that point, this is great. At at that point, now you're just like, now that's a dilemma because he here are people who you make you not feel so alone. Here are people who you've always wanted to go back to who have answers about where you're from but they want to destroy the home that you were part of now that's a dilemma now that's something where if you if I see him fighting Zod at that point he's not just fighting some random dude who's going to destroy Metropolis he's fighting the last other person of his kind
0: yeah They uh, now so, I'm sad he. because they missed this whole opportunity <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sad I didn't write it so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is how I would this do is, it this uh, is making <laughs> me so sad yeah Uh
1: and that, in a way, that is what <laughs> makes him, what makes Superman more relatable and gives us an emotional core through the last hour of this movie, is what the hell am I supposed to do? From Clark's standpoint, what the hell am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to fight, what a guy who could be, have the potential to be, you know, a father figure to me or a best friend or something, and instead he, you know, these is these are the people that I come from, and sort of the feeling of, I don't belong to either world really, because he doesn't. You know, he's not as kryptonian as zod and the others because they want to destroy the world and all that but he's not human like everyone else and so it's him being okay with that going to be the fact like okay i'm going to choose to protect earth and if i'm the last one if i'm alone through that then so be it but that's
0: and that makes the whole plot around his character arc too you know like that's Mm -hmm. all yeah that one little change is like yeah you you found the key there that's great yeah yeah
1: so That's a long way to say critics on this one. Critics,
0: tis ultimately critics. I mean, (sighs) I mean, it is. I'm gonna vote critics. But I, like I said, if you do, if you don't add anything, if you're just watching the Snyder version of it, you're Mm -hmm. just watching the version that we got. Just to just to support Snyder a little bit, I do understand that he that just that version of Supes does not know what the fuck he's doing. Right. He is a total noob Superman. So I
1: agree. I agree with that. That's also kind of why in for you guys to check it out on my channel coming up, uh, the Justice League, the time travel cut. I put up the full pitch and in my version of the Justice League, Superman says to Batman, the Justice League, one of its main purposes is to prevent anything like the destruction of Metropolis from happening again. because Now it's not just me. It's everybody up against like big alien invaders. So like that would have been cool. I pitched that into the Justice League pitch because of the idea that, okay, all this stuff happens, but here's how people learn from it or move on from it, and here are the other consequences and sometimes positive consequences that come about from that.
0: i had this I had this head cannon thing uh, mm-hmm. for the end of this movie after you know, when I was trying to deal with all the criticism i I was seeing online, mm-hmm. and they, you know how they wanted to get the Justice League so badly. So like, yeah. what if everything plays out the same? Shit's falling from the fucking sky, but as it falls, there's a red streak going through Metropolis. There's green right. here and there. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And yeah, uh, and I then then the then the, the Justice League shows up, and they're like, it just ends with like Bruce saying, "We have to talk," and then cut to credits. You know <laughs> what I mean? I don't know. It was just like a fun way to like, if you you know, they wanted to get to the whole Justice League, and like Justice League basically yeah. saved his ass in mm-hmm. uh, you know. From A, criticism, but B, you know, people metropolis and all that. Right. So it would have been it would have been kind of fun.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a fun alternate thing to do, but also it's... I, I can kind of see why we're here. They wanted to keep it standalone to yeah, know Clark story, because I, I don't think they quite knew they were going to be setting up a universe or how they were going to be setting up that universe yet at this point. I don't think
0: they knew, because didn't they want Green Lantern, the Ryan Reynolds one, to kind of start off the DCU? Uh, that's what I had heard. So yeah. that didn't, that didn't work out. So they but they, they uh, weren't sure about this one either. But it was just successful enough to where they just kept Man of Steel yeah. part of the canon. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. All right, we finally made it. Let's talk about that deck snap.
0: Okay, your thoughts. Let's hear them. <laughs> Let me. Let's hear what are, what are your thoughts on that.
1: I have a whole bunch of stuff on this. So um
0: You want me to I go it first few, or no?
1: I have a few like, how about this? I go through some deep dive type stuff. Yeah. And then you go into your opinion and then I go into mine. Okay. How about that? Okay. We okay. start with we start with the deep dive because we kinda did a lot of the, the debate stuff. Okay. Alright. Okay. Uh so this is not the first time Superman has killed Zod.
0: <laughs> this boom, the, you haters.
1: Boom. Drop the <laughs> mic. So there's some there's Thought a little you knew bit everything. of what there's a little bit of what about ism to this. Because, uh, on what about from the standpoint of people who defend this movie to the critics, because they bring out, like, what about in Superman 2. In Superman 2, in both versions, uh, Superman crushes Zod's hand and then throws him down into the abyss of the Fortress of Solitude. And the same happens to the other Phantom Zone villains. And while there is a deleted scene where Zod, Nan, and Ursa all get escorted into a police car. Again, that's a deleted scene. So yeah. as far as we're concerned, not all Phantom Zone, All three Phantom Zone criminals are dead <laughs> at the bottom of the Fan- of the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. Uh yeah. and and played off more like a joke, really. Like it's more of just like ha ha, gotcha type of thing. Uh, even though it's technically, I think, the first time that Christopher Reeves Superman kills anybody at that point. So while I agree that yes, Uh, he does kill in Superman 2 that doesn't just because it happens in one movie doesn't negate the problems of another movie I would say that yes I don't like it in Superman 2 either but that doesn't mean that the Man of Steel execution of the the literal execution of Zod is suddenly absolved you know that's the problem with whataboutism you bring up some other thing that doesn't necessarily mean that the movie you're talking about or the story you're talking about is absolved of anything it just means that it happened in something else uh, most of the time that people are trying to point out hypocrisy in that situation but uh I'm I'm saying I'm not a hypocrite cuz I didn't like necessarily like him killing Zod in either situation. Yeah. So, it's not it's not good. Uh, <laughs> uh not let's good. see. This also happens in the comics. So in issue Superman number 22 by John Byrne. This is after his Man of Steel reboot in the 80s with the uh post crisis
0: another uh, landmark run. Yeah. That you should, so after that, you should that landmark read? Yeah,
1: after that landmark run in Superman number 22, there's a story called The Price, where Superman is in an alternate universe called the Pocket Universe, and that universe is being ruled by Zod. And uh, the Feora version of... Uh, a version of Faora named Zaora, I have a feeling somebody at the editorial team forgot how it was originally spelled. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Quexel. But anyways, it's three Phantom Zone villains led by Zod, and they've kind of destroyed everything. And at the end, he takes away their powers with Gold Kryptonite, and then, due to the destruction of the world, he's like, I'm sorry, I have to do this. And he uses Green Kryptonite on them and executes all three of them.
0: This is in the, what, the 80s, right? Mid-80s? This
1: is in the 80s, yes. Yeah. So, Superman actually did do this. Yes, it's an alternate universe version of Zod and Feora, slash Aora, but it still happened mm-hmm. on here. I would argue that the Man of Steel version is the best simply because he does it to save people as opposed to, in Superman 2, he does it, to basically show Zod, hey, guess what? You're powerless now. Uh, Since you said to in-
0: save people, I just want to say real quick. Yeah. There's They made it exactly to where he would have. <laughs> they tried to rate it. They, they wrote it in a sense that he had to do a neck snap. He had nothing else he could do because there's like a big-ass wall. There's these casualty. Uh, yeah, these people there that Zod's about to fry. And then, so they can't run this way. The laser's what? The other side, right? The heat vision? Right, is I mean. A, like, they do everything in their power to make it to where the writers make, you know, writers, I, I'm fucking losing my, my train of thought here, but they do everything that they can to make it to where Superman has to kill Zod. And, like, try to at least, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it just seems like they went out of their way with that shit, but. They, anyway, it
1: kind of did, but I'm also kind of just like, he's clearly holding the head. The beams are that way. Like, couldn't you just, like, duck and crawl away or, or something? Because you see that Superman's got it handled. Of course, you don't know who's who. So that's, well, maybe that's the reason why. But I'm also, here's what kills me, though. Like, okay, maybe they couldn't get out of it, right? Yeah. Maybe Superman, there's another argument that Superman should have just covered Zod's eyes. I remember yeah, people uh,
0: talk about that, yeah.
1: My biggest problem, uh, outside of what I'm about to go into. Uh, is the fact that we don't even see the family he saves after he kills Zod. That's true. <laughs> For all we know, they're dead. Like, there's no wi- there's no wide shot reveal of, like, the family who's, like, crying and, right. um, you know, and, and thankful to him. Like, <sighs> okay, there's a lot to go into. But anyway. Sorry like, sorry, to like cut go you and, off there. Go I'm ahead. not going to get ahead. into opinion yet. I'm not going to get into opinion go yet. Ahead. But, go ahead, go ahead, go uh, ahead. Snyder did say that this is supposed to be Zod. Uh, The execution of Zod, killing Zod, is supposed to be him choosing humanity over Krypton, as I talked about earlier. It's supposed to be the decision to be alone uh, and, quote-unquote, tear a piece of his heart out in order to do that. Again, I feel like that would have been better conveyed with the rewrite that I pitched earlier in this episode, where he actually has more of an emotional connection to Zod. Uh, Also, there was an explanation that came about from Snyder during this time, about why it was important for Superman to kill uh, on that. And uh, I'm going to have Andrew read it off because it was a very interesting, fascinating explanation.
2: In the original version of the script, he just got zapped into the Phantom Zone. Stupid. David Goyer <laughs> and I had long talks about it, and Christopher Nolan I talked long about it, and he was just dumb anyway. And I really feel like we should kill Zod. I mean, I really feel like it, okay? (laughs) And I really feel like Superman should kill him, because I just love killing. The why of it was, for me, I go, if it's truly an origin story, you got to kill a motherfucker. His aversion to killing is unexplained. It's just in his DNA. I felt we needed him to do something just like putting on the glasses or going to daily planet or any of the other things that you're sort of seeing for the first time that you realize becomes his sort of thing, like killing people. I felt if we could go find a way of making it impossible for him, you know, Kobayashi Maru, totally no way out. I felt like that could also make you go, okay, this is why of him not killing ever again. He's basically obliterated his entire people and his culture and he is responsible for it and he's just like i can't how could i ever kill again because i wouldn't know that killing is bad in the first place until i've done it at least once
1: (laughs) so the idea was that he had to kill zod in order to explain why he doesn't kill
0: critics
1: (laughs) 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 all right let's now go into opinions now that we've gone into the deep dive stuff over to you andrew
0: it's not good. Um, the The next snap, I didn't like it when I first saw it either. Um, I mean, Cavill's screaming ass face too is just
1: <laughs> what's up with you in his face. It's just so
0: it's just so intense looking. It looks like he's taking the biggest shit of all time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he, Cavill's you know he's doing what he can, but um, yeah, the whole like hopeful thing, and then it ends up with Superman feeling really hopeless just overly negative and just trying to inject so much darkness into a character that's not inherently like that so much i know he, i know he just hmm. said he killed people in the comics before he killed zod in the comics before but still it's just but then again maybe for maybe for zod maybe for snyder he feels like the phantom zone thing has just been done like a million fucking times so but the, maybe there should have been Another thing where he sends them to another planet or I, don't, I just, I don't know. It just feels like the next, the next snap is just so much and it's so, it's so primal also. Mm-hmm. It's extremely yeah. primal and, and and you really feel it uh, and maybe that's a, maybe that's a, a, a merit and not a demerit for, for Snyder, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. It just puts a bad taste in your mouth, doesn't it? That's, the actual that's next,
1: oh I mean when I saw it it was it did feel what you were saying the first time I saw it where I was just like, okay they it feels like they deliberately wanted to make this as dark as possible uh, in in the finale and I wasn't yeah. sure how I felt about that not necessarily because I don't like darkness but more because I'm just like was this did this fit with the story was this earned uh, in a way and I I do again, I appreciate the idea of Superman killing Zod to uh as a way to show him choosing humanity over krypton you but you don't necessarily need to have him kill zod in order to do that right um, right uh going in do you want to go one tomorrow or it okay what's
0: what snyder says in that clip to it it doesn't really read as him choosing anybody over another maybe that's his, snyder's yeah. thematics mm-hmm but that right. that doesn't read at all really. It just reads as Superman killing somebody, killing right. killing it th- And like there's it doesn't have any kind of other other weight to it. I mean, yes, okay, so he kills the last of his kind. That is sad, but I don't know. It's just kind of like it fucks with your sensibilities about this character quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's not earned dramatically either as you were saying, so right. So yeah. Right.
3: I
1: feel like this is a great idea for a different story. Yeah. Uh, Potentially a sequel or something because of the fact that the movie doesn't really talk about Superman's morality at this point. They don't talk about uh, an opinion about killing or not killing or talking about it at all. And it doesn't really deal with this afterwards either. Like, he doesn't make any sort of declaration afterwards about, like, that's the last time I'll do that in here or in Batman versus Superman. Yeah. You know, you if if the whole idea was that he has to kill in order to learn not to kill it wasn't conveyed because we didn't see him learn anything out of it he was just he was he killed the guy he's distraught about it and that's it but he we don't see how the choice haunts him beyond just crying in Lois's arms uh, right there, you would have to carry that over like if you had the first movie comes out superman establishes hey like this is who I am this is my morality I don't kill people second movie comes out he's forced into the situation and then kills odd then you have dramatic weight to it. And this is my similar problem with uh, the portrayal of Batman and Batman v Superman. Everyone was just like, Batman's killing, Batman shouldn't kill people and stuff. And I was just like, okay, I get Snyder's idea was that Batman is killing people, but that shows just he's out of character. However, I didn't get to be introduced to this version of Ben Affleck's Batman until this movie. How are we supposed right. to know how it was beforehand? Because we never met him beforehand. It would be way more dramatic if you see the change as opposed to expecting the change to make some impact on it because you know comics, right? Yeah. You know, it should be yeah. it should yeah. be a change based off of <laughs> what we see with this version of the characters. So that's one of my big problems with it is the fact that um not necessarily that he kills Zod, but because A, it doesn't have dramatic weight to it that, that Snyder was going for. Because again, like that's pretty much not a choice for him. Zod's been an asshole to him since day one. Uh and the second thing is that it doesn't actually carry over into anything superman doesn't actually learn from this or isn't shown to learn any from this uh, maybe he does learn from it but that's not conveyed at all through the rest of the movie yeah. and it's never brought up again in batman versus superman if anything superman kills zot again <laughs> in batman versus superman because he's doomsday uh he has to at that point <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> but, <right. laughs> Killed but twice. again that would have been more dramatic if superman is like i'm not going to kill again." Uh, brings that up and Batman vs Superman is haunted by it, and then Zod gets resurrected, and Superman not only has to sacrifice himself, but also sacrifice himself and kill again. Right. But that's because you've again set it up. This is what this is how basically you set up emotion, and it is is establishing stuff and then challenging what you've established. Right. The problem is that we lack the establishment in order to do that, and so we're kind of just going off of faith that people are going to understand or get that emotional context of it because. They know general mythology or comics and stuff like that, and my problem is that that's doesn't that's not really how it works. Unfortunately, I wish it did. I wish that I it had more of the impact it, it had on me, but unfortunately, it doesn't. Based off of those two reasons, so again, my reasons for this is are unique because I don't necessarily have a problem with him killing Zod so much as I have a problem with a lot of the execution. Right, so, right, right. Long way of saying critics again. Critics. So yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, not dramatized effectively. Not dramatized well enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that brings us to Snyder 5, Critics 9. I, we, we have like five minutes of movie left, so I don't think Snyder's going to catch up. Yeah, Again, we do like this movie, but uh, I we agree with a lot of the criticisms, but maybe for different reasons than you would expect.
0: It's weird. One thing I realized with this movie and my journey with this film is that... Mm-hmm. Uh, I can agree with everybody's criticism about it like i I agree with all, uh, almost mm-hmm. all of it really and I yeah. still find it fine let's I still like the movie yeah you know what yeah. I mean like 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 you know i I would be arguing with somebody that hated the movie and they would say all this shit and be like well I agree I agree I agree and it's like well why don't you hate it like I do it's like well I, I don't know I just I don't know the, the, the good parts are still really good to me I guess I don't yeah, know yeah
1: That's a di- I think there's a difference between logically knowing when something doesn't add up versus the, just the emotional impact that movie had on you and yeah. like, you know it clearly yeah. did for you to still see these and be like oh that doesn't really affect my love for this movie so I, I think it's, uh, it's yeah. a sim- I guess it's a similar thing for me you know I wasn't a- I'm not as big of a Man of Steel fan as you are but I think I've come to appreciate its strengths more as time has gone on and even though I do have these critiques of it I'm also like appreciative of of, of its existence you know of it, of it coming out and kind of trying to reboot the the Superman universe so
0: yeah it swung for the fences in that way and mm-hmm. another thing before we move on I, the editing is incredible I think there's a lot of in, a lot of tension um it's, it moves really well most of it I mean some of that is just how the story is going but I don't know for me I think the, I think the editor on this film I don't know his or her name but I thought the editing mm. looking back on that is really really great yeah so yeah
1: I would say so um, oh yeah one last thing on choosing humanity over Krypton that also would have been cemented if Superman in his grief gets not necessarily comforted but does actually get to talk to the family he saved, because yeah. again we didn't get anything from that. As far as we're concerned, they died when he snapped the neck. Like they don't show up at all. Like it would right. be they don't have to be. They also don't have to be an comic book character. I'm not saying that the kid is Jimmy Olsen or something, but just the idea of like them thanking him for saving them and sort they of they hug they hug
0: him as he screams or something. Or, you know, yeah, I don't know
1: something where it's like, hey, I did this, but it was worth it, or it was. Again, something that conveys humanity is my choice. These people who I don't even know, The these are the people who I've chosen. One word, uh, one term, one
0: terminology just- I learned in doing research on this movie mm-hmm. is what's known as a Pyrrhic victory. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, have you heard of this term before? Yeah. So, uh, for people that don't know out there, possibly, uh, it's where you've won, but the price that you won at was so great. And that's. Like, you know, he, he he's won, but he's, you know, killed his last surviving, you know, mm-hmm. family member and all that. So, I don't know. That's all connected there, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think they were going for that Pyrrhic victory, but because of the fact that Zod is a villain throughout the whole thing, it's kind of yeah. difficult to see it that way. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah,
0: that was yeah. not conveyed as well as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: all right, so wrapping up, we have a few more scenes. We have the scene where Superman destroys the satellite. Uh, which has always felt like a weird scene to me. Swanwick comes out and he says, "Are you quote unquote effing stupid?" And I was like, "Okay, like that's clearly nobody actually talks like that. It sounds like they're just like, we need to PG thirteen guys." Um, Is
0: this so? Oh, he says effing. He doesn't say fucking.
1: He he literally says effing stupid. Oh and I was okay. Like, why doesn't he just say, "Are you stupid then?" Yeah. Like, why does he? Have I to forgot about that. Yeah. You get yeah, one I'm fuck. Like, that's weird. You
0: can say one fucking PG thirteen. Yeah, they don't want a but, fucking Superman movie, though, but they want a next snap. Uh, that shows where our fucking sensi- <laughs> sensitivities lie. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, and then we get his assistant, Carrie. Here's this, this is a weird Easter egg. So, Swanwick's assistant is Carrie Ferris. Ferris spelled F A R R I S, which people have connected to Carol Ferris, spelled F E R R I S. Carol Ferris is uh, started out as a love interest to Hal Jordan, a.k.a. the Green Lantern, and then became the villain, Star Sapphire. However, they have pretty much nothing in common. Yeah, it's <laughs> like just <Carol> Ferris.
0: <laughs> empty Easter egg.
1: Carol Ferris is in charge of, you know, all these pilots at Ferris Air. Carrie Ferris in this is in the army helping out Swanwick. Like, there's, they're not, you know, one's one's a pilot or knows a lot of pilots. The other one is just helping out who turns out to be the Martian Manhunter. Like, it's not... right. She didn't need to be Carrie Ferris. She could just have been somebody else, you know? Um... Also, there's like this weird, this is similar to the type of humor that was there with the whole, like, it all goes down after the first kiss, where she's just like, I just think he's kind of hot. I was like, okay. Like, yeah. It weirdly feels like they're trying to be Marvel here, but with, the humor yeah. isn't quite there. So I'm just like, you didn't need that part at all.
0: They they really I, want that to be in the trailer, too. That's what it feels <laughs> like.
1: Yeah, that's it. They just
0: really want that line in the trailer. It's a trailer moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, last Snyder versus Critics moment, even though it's kind of obvious where uh, who's going to rule out. But there was some criticism with the final flashback where the kid version of Clark wraps the red towel around him like a cape. Yeah. And people were just like, there are no other superheroes here. Like, How could he know to do the cape thing? So that was a critique that came out from that moment. I personally don't really care. I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. You know, like maybe that's You know, Jesus in that stained glass painting has the red robe on, so maybe he's trying to be Jesus. Or maybe he just thought this look cool or something like that. You know, maybe... Hell, there's no superheroes, but you still got, like, Zorro. Like, you still got other characters who have capes in the past. The three musketeers, you know?
0: I think this is people forgetting that he's the fucking Codex and he has the whole entire Kryptonian uh, genetic memory inside of him also. And this is a culture that wears capes for a long part yeah. of their history this is just i know it sounds like bullshit but i feel like this is this is how yeah, I, but they don't work they don't wear capes in this version of krypton jor-el didn't wear a cape ever he's just in the robe oh shit well maybe this doesn't hold up
1: like it holds up in the comic book version but i'm i'm looking back and i'm like i don't the only person we've seen only kryptonian who has worn a cape in this version is clark
0: Oh, well, I guess my argument doesn't fucking work. <laughs> but but that it comes from... It's part of the, the Kryptonian suit, the, you know, at the same time. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's... That's a, true, yeah. Again, Snyder wants that visual. Yeah. and it, It's a great visual, and it, yeah. And, like... I might go with Snyder kind of reluctantly a little bit, but I, I might go with Snyder on this one just because I think my little... The, the codex being inside of him in this version... And that suit is a hundred percent Kryptonian, it's part of their culture. He's maybe it's a little little hints of his culture popping out in his subconscious in some way. I know I'm going yeah. way out of my way to make that work, but it works for me, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And, but
1: also as I said, like this world can still have Zorro and it can still have yeah. the three musketeers and yeah. still have people who wore capes in the old days. Like it's right. You don't need to have other superheroes in order to explain the cape. So
0: yeah, they're missing a point. What just before this, people didn't like how he just destroyed a satellite too. Really? There was that was also a point of contention. I it feel like, like that's
1: s- an automatic. That's an automatic win for Snyder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah. What was it like? That's stupid. It was spying on people or something. Oh, it was a, it was a Wayne satellite.
1: Right. Uh, well, they do. They do. Oh, I didn't go into those Easter eggs. Yeah. The, you see a Wayne satellite that he and Zod fight on. Uh, and it's the logo from the Nolan films because they oh, haven't yeah. decided yeah. who Batman was going to be yet. Uh, and then you also see a poster that says, keep calm and call Batman.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And funny enough, that's in a sequence that I think is now retconned into being Gotham. Because remember, Gotham is now was now part of that destruction. It wasn't oh just my the God. destruction of Metropolis, it was the destruction of Gotham. I forgot so about now that. now that makes sense. Uh, and then, of course, there's LexCorp, uh, you know, there's LexCorp truck and, and other Easter eggs in that. But... Anyway, yeah, the the satellite is that he destroys at the end is from the army, and I guess it's supposed to like spy on him, and so he destroys that. But I'm like, well, yeah, because that's the whole point of the scene. The whole point of the scene is that like he yeah. he doesn't want the U.S. spying on him because he doesn't want to be controlled by the government. He's his own free agent. This
0: it was just part of the rampant Man still hate at the time. But pe- I remember people people bringing this up like, oh, he just destroys property like that. Yeah, I I'm gonna go with Snyder as well on this one.
1: All right, so the Snyder seven critics nine. <laughs> um, yeah we don't have it. <laughs> if only we had like two more two or three more things to give to Snyder but unfortunately we don't so Snyder 7 critics 9 it's uh, pretty good
0: for Snyder though people
1: thought it was pretty good people,
0: people yeah. thought it was going to be like a landslide for for the critics no absolutely see? not see
1: that's why you have to watch all three parts it's not going to go the <laughs> way that you think uh let's see finally at the finale Clark goes to the Daily Planet and he, there's a shot of him riding the bike, and you got the tie flapping. And apparently, Snyder kept retaking it with Cavill until the, the tie flapped. He really wanted that in. Maybe it's because he wanted it similar to the, the cape flapping. Whoa, that's, my wow. main, uh, that's my main uh, insight into that, into why he might have wanted that so much. Um, the glasses aren't really explained at the end, but they aren't really explained in any other version either, outside the fact that he just needs to create his own identity. So that's all right. Uh, and then, of course, I think Lois's last nine is fantastic, where she says "Welcome to the planet," because yeah. obviously there's a there's a double yeah. meaning there. Yeah, that was that. great. Yeah, uh, and then he smiles because like he is, I think for the first time he feels welcomed. You know, like he he now can be both. He can be both like Kryptonian side and the human side, and he's with the woman he loves. So like it's, it wraps it up pretty well.
0: Yeah, that was a good sequence. Snyder, Snyder. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Snyder 7, Critics 9. It was so close. Yeah. But we are going to circle back to more Snyder stuff because next up we got Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. We're going to go over the Ultimate Edition, and we're going to have Zachary Jackson Brown with us for those to get his insight, and maybe he can be a bit of a tiebreaker for us as well since there's going to be three of us instead of two.
0: I have a couple Superman nuggets for this, by the way. Go ahead. Um, before we end this entirely, okay, just to get him out there. um. Mm-hmm. And add more runtime to this fucking scene, this fucking (laughs) series. But uh, real quick, in the flashback scene, Clark Kent is being bullied. I should have said this at the time, but sorry. We're going to go back a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's reading The Republic by Plato. Mm -hmm. And uh, in The Republic, Plato describes his, quote, unquote, perfect society, which mirrors the makeup of Kryptonian society as given here. So um, there's some connection between the Kryptonian society and the Republic here. Hmm. Some connections there. Pretty, pretty cool. Um that is cool. So, uh moving on from that, another point, uh according to David S. Goyer, Goyer's the only writer for this or he's the main writer.
1: Uh he's the only one who is credited at least. Only one
0: credited for Man of Steel, okay? He says that the story's major theme is first contact. Uh he said, "We appro- I'm not going to do a voice for this one, I guess. We <laughs> af- we approach Superman as if it weren't a comic book movie, as if it would real" Uh, he's an alien. If the world found out he existed, it would be the biggest thing that had ever happened in human history. Just his existence would change the face of the Earth forever. Okay, end quote. So uh, basically, they don't really, they don't really like convey that too much. There's that one sequence where Zod's message is going out across to everybody in all mm-hmm. the languages. By the way, that is the main the day the earth stood still influence I could find. Cause I watched this movie recently and there's that mm. exact, pretty much that exact sequence. They took that and made that into Zod's ah. part. So it's cool. They made it an alien like first contact thing, but it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like an invasion movie too much. You know, I don't know.
1: Uh, To me, it feels very Independence day. Uh, maybe, like, maybe,
0: <laughs> maybe it does. Maybe it yeah. does.
1: Yeah. Like a, a lot of it is the, I, I think that, honestly the destruction you know like the destruction of metropolis kind of is very reminiscent of that type of stuff i take it Mm -hmm. back you're right i
0: take it back yeah it is an invasion movie they got that right (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) maybe maybe the super the superhero uh you know stuff just makes me forget about that i don't know like the yeah yeah i can distract from that yeah yeah i forget what what they were doing there okay Mm -hmm. um what else we got here um so, Mark Wade hated The Next Snap, famous comic <laughs> book writer. Um, author of Birthright. Author of Birthright. Birthright. Grant Morrison, it says, d- while he did not react as strongly as Wade, Grant Morrison wasn't too happy about the scene either. <laughs> so, Grant Morrison didn't like it that much either. Um, and uh, what else? Did we they did? go into why?
1: Like, why they didn't like it? Because, like, I. I feel like our reasons are different from most people's reasons. Most people's reasons are Superman doesn't kill. My reason was it doesn't work dramatically.
0: It, I I didn't I didn't include that in my notes. Uh, they probably have that out there somewhere, but it says it says sure. that uh, Mark Wade almost walked out of the theater. Uh, <laughs> so at
1: what point? Because that's pretty close to the end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I know, <laughs> but he he you know
0: he would have walked out at, at that point, so he would have seen the whole I thing see. anyway. Okay. Uh, the last thing um is that. This movie had unusually strong DVD and Blu-ray sales. Um, it outperformed the DVD and Blu-ray sales for for Captain America Winter Soldier and Iron Man 3. So uh, that shows something, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. So, a
1: lot of people wanted to re-experience it or experience it for the first time if they didn't catch it in theaters.
0: You know, maybe a lot of older people want to see Superman because they're more familiar with them and they don't go Probably, to the theater yeah. as much and maybe... I don't know, Superman having more recognizability, at least, mm-hmm. especially at that time, before the MCU really, really kicked off in 2013. I mean, it was going, but nothing like it is today. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm yeah. just speculating here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those are my last little notes, I guess.
1: Yep. Uh, and then I thought I would give you an opportunity to tease something that's coming up, because in part oh, two, yeah. you said you wanted to circle back to Jor-El's monologue about how they will oh, join yeah. you in the sun.
0: Right. Thank you for reminding me about that. Yes. We are going to do a pitch for this, for, for what we think Man of Steel 2 should be. And that will be in a separate YouTube video. It won't be on the podcast. Well, maybe we could release audio-only version as well. Yeah, w- yeah. why not? It'll be like, we used to release minis, as we call them, Superhouse minis. Might as well. Or at least yeah. a shorter version. It, it'll be in addition to, it will not replace an episode. It'll be in addition to... Uh, a regularly scheduled program and uh yeah and we're you know i don't know how much can we say about it we're just going to be a cool pitch we have an idea stay tuned yes yeah.
1: stay tuned for what uh, we're going to pitch on that yeah
0: so stay tuned for that um so yeah i guess that's nice. it huh
1: yes that is superhero stuff you should know let's go into the fan comments <laughs> so first one is from jen kelly Jen Kelly says, quote, Do you guys know what storyline the solo Affleck Batman movie was going to be? Seemed like it might have been the Red Hood arc from, I think, Batman vs. Superman, where Bruce has Jason's Robin attire, referring to Death in the Family. Thanks, gentlemen. Love the show. Uh, I think you. it was rumored. Thank you. Yeah, I think it was rumored to be Red Hood. However, uh, Joe Manganiello has gone out on record saying that it was going to be Batman vs. Deathstroke. It's uh, somewhat inspired by David Fincher's movie, The Game. And probably some elements I've of heard the that. comics yeah. of Nightfall, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the where game. Deathstroke, Deathstroke sets out to destroy Bruce's life uh, on that set. So it, it's a full on Batman versus Deathstroke story, which is unique because Deathstroke hasn't fought Batman in uh, live action before. Uh, so that's going to be That would have awesome. been interesting. It sounds great. So, in place of that, we are going to do a deep dive into what we've heard about that, as well as on a bigger level, the history of Batman fighting Deathstroke in the comics. So, stay tuned for that. We're going to do that after the Snyder Cut, since uh, that's going to be you know it's kind of a what if situation, and who knows we might get we might get more information after the Snyder Cut about what that movie could have been. Snyder needs Af- to do a Deathstroke movie. Magnano.
0: I mean, Snyder. I know. Oh, he'd be great. He'd for that, be yeah. so so good at that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Next one is from Sparkageddon. I feel like you should read this one.
0: Okay. Because we're from the south, boy. We talk normal down there. (laughs) All right. Unlike you city folk. Say, bro, I've been writing a fan-made script of my version of Batman, but it's not connected to the DC universe. It's my own universe, and yes, Batman is African-American, and the main villains in the movie are Keelan Wayne? I guess. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Keelan Wayne, the Black Knight, Batman. Kayana Evans, Shadow Cat, Catwoman. Joshua King Smith, me as Wildcard Joker, and Tori Lynn Mannequin, Harley Quinn, and it's based, and it's based off New Orleans since New Orleans, Louisiana, color is black. Since New okay, since New Orleans, New, since New Orleans, color is black and gold in the gu- movie. And the movie starts in 1981, but jumps to 2005 after Hurricane Katrina. Not too much to give out, but I've been working on two different drafts and made a third one. The film is dark, gritty, gothic, but more importantly, realistic detective and an origin story. I should be I should be finished by April, and if y'all want to read it, I can send y'all this draft on how it looks because the way y'all read the scrap draft gave me better idea for my for my own version love y'all's work
1: if you're thank you Stark, yes yeah.
0: let me just make something clear if you're if you are african-american i'm not doing i'm trying to i'm trying to use a country white person accent i'm not right, trying right. to culturally appropriate accents <laughs> actually some people like i have a co-worker from wisconsin and he was i i did like a a country accent and he thought mm-hmm. he thought I was doing a black accent. Really? Yeah. And I was just like, No, that's I'm not doing that. I'm doing <laughs> country country white people. So that's let me just yeah. get that clear for the internet. Yes, yes, that's yes. That's what that is. So mm-hmm. so yeah, okay.
1: Uh, in response to Sparky Spark again, I think uh, that sounds very interesting, especially Batman in the world of post Hurricane Katrina. Uh, it would be very interesting. Yeah, so that'd yeah, be cool. send it over. You know our email, superhousepodcast at gmail uh, and stuff. We're already. I still owe Axel Martinez uh, a Hulk type of uh, thing. <laughs> so uh, we're, we've just been bogged down because we got to do uh, a lot of the Snyder stuff. But once the Snyder cut comes out, I feel like it's a little bit more open season and more flexibility in terms of stuff that uh, we'll cover.
0: Superman 2. <laughs> for <laughs> we'll example we finally get to we'll finally
1: get to Superman 2 for example <laughs> there's a lot of different episodes I've teased in the past that I've just had to put off because we just wanted to make sure the timing was right with a lot of the Snyder stuff so uh yeah so send that over Spark and Kevin uh last one is from our fan Walter the Wobot so Walter said quote I have a lot of issues with Man of Steel lol my main issues stem from the depiction of Clark and his parents in Superman the movie we get the sense that his parents were on their way back from church service when they found him uh, I don't remember that, but I I'll take your word for it. Uh, and their Christian values clearly shape the man Clark grows up to be. Contrast that with Man of Steel, where his parents tell him he doesn't owe anybody anything, that he has no responsibility to use his powers responsibly, and for the benefits of mankind. Uh, before I go into more, I'm not sure if they deliberately say that. Sure, Martha says you don't owe this world a thing, but that's after he's Superman. Uh, like the, the emphasis, it seems, in the movie of Man of Steel is Jonathan Kent saying like you have a choice of whether to do that or not, as opposed to telling him you know, don't do that at all. Uh, The main reason why he tells him not to do it at all is to, uh, you know, prevent him from getting taken in by the government. Uh, And I think Jonathan mainly sacrifices himself so that Clark can delay and make that his choice to uh, come out of the shadows. Again, this is my interpretation of the movie. It's not necessarily me defending this aspect since, as you know, based on the last episode, I wasn't a big fan of the death of Jonathan Kent. But uh, that's how I interpreted this version. Uh, so let's see now in Superman the movie Clark's father dies as a result of a heart attack something Clark can do nothing about so that's what Andrew brought up uh, in Man of Steel Clark's father dies as a result of Clark's selfish inaction he stands by and watches his father die rather than reveal his incredible powers to in the world what kind of person would stand by and allow their own parent to die if it was in their power to prevent it I wouldn't I doubt you wouldn't uh, agreed uh, Superman is meant to represent the best of us he's an icon a paragon of goodness that we want to live up to to emulate I certainly learned more, much of my r- morality as a kid for the Christopher Reeve movies now compare the suits. Man of Steel seems to be embarrassed by the classic suit design. They remove the iconic red underwear, they remove the yellow shield from his cape, they darken and made the bright colors uh, mute the bright colors. I could go on all day about my issues with Snyder's depiction of these characters, but I would rather end on a positive note. One thing I do actually really like about the movie is the relationship between Cal and his biological father. I think that was the highlight of the movie for me. I also really like that Lois was smart enough to discover Clark's secret, as we talked about earlier. It's a refreshing take on their relationship, and allows for different stories to be told, and for their relationships to progress in new and exciting ways a lot quicker than is normally the case. So, yeah, thank you. I did that s- was a lot, Walter. I did
0: see this, on yeah, this this sort of illustrates, and he and he goes on with uh, a username, uh, Kafu Keme. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, but I'm assuming that's what it is. And you get to see like a mini version of how the internet was reacting to this movie. Uh, you know, when the movie came out, um, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Um, like this debate still goes on, but uh, but yeah, I think I mostly side with what Walter's saying here. Although I'm not like we we talked about in, in this episode, I'm not I'm not as attached to that classic suit. Like the well, you know the I don't you know them changing the yellow shield, right. yellow from the shield, and all that. Like mm-hmm. you know that was a fine uh, choice, uh, but yeah, I mean all the scenes like. The scenes with the with his earthly parents, with the Kents, just n- telling him to like not save people, not be Superman. It's just kind of like it's a it's a puts a like a wet towel on everything, you know. I don't <laughs> know. It's just right. yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I think the Smallville sequences it they wanted to play seems like a lot more with Jonathan being afraid for his son, but they might have overcorrected is how i feel about those yeah
0: yeah and they want thematically the Snyder thematics is that they want jor-el to be like go save them and then uh, you know the kints are like i don't know about saving them you know what i mean but it's it, uh, i don't <coughs> know
3: dude yeah
1: yeah i don't know i i think the idea was to make that more of clark's choice as opposed to something that his parents tell him to do from when he's young yeah. Which, you know, kind of makes sense because this whole thing is about him making a choice, especially because he's, he's born without, you know, the purpose that Jorel or Zod or Lara were, were given. He's, he's born with freedom. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I, I would say I agree with a lot of what Walter says. Maybe not as strongly uh, on some of them, uh, but, uh, I, you know, I kind of made my opinions clear <laughs> throughout these last three episodes yeah. on uh, these different aspects. So, anyway, thanks a lot, Walter. Over to you, Andrew, as we wrap up. Okay.
0: Let's see what we got here. All right. So thank you to our Patreon supporters, which are Shasta, Leom O, Super Inframan, and Douglas P. And our other supporters, Sparkageddon, SDCT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kooky Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Aaron Willett, Ian H, and Dan Deep.
1: (laughs) We might as well add Walter the Robot. (laughs) Walter the Robot
0: officially being added. Let me uh, yes. type that in right now, actually.
1: Thank you, Walter.
0: The I'm going to cut around this. And added. Okay. And uh, check us out. This, uh, t- uh, check out the Shasta Army. That's the $1 tier at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. Uh, the other tier, other than the $1 tier that gets you the shout out, uh, is the $5 tier, which is a whole other show, as we talked about in this show Um, This one, of course, as you all know If you're a regular listener, comes out on Mondays But we have a whole other one That's an even deeper dive uh, That is on our Patreon So that's $5 a month Cancel anytime. We have Superhouse merch Also, t-shirts and all kinds of shit Mugs and everything (laughs) At superhousepod.redbubble.com Please leave us a review in iTunes That would be super awesome And then, uh After that, please take out your phone, use your phone to record your voice. You have a voice recorder app. Uh, You probably don't even know it, but you do. It comes uh, standard on many, many phones. (laughs) But um, anyway, um, use that to record us a little something and then send a little something to send the voice audio clip to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. And then we'll add that voice clip to the show. And then uh, I'm Drew on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm also on YouTube where I do a lot of other stuff that is not necessarily superhero related. It's more of like my interest in Japan, Japanese culture, Japanese language, stuff like that. I have a video. Well, I know that was actually on Superhouse where they, they just released an Ultraman trailer and we're getting a little bit more. Um, we 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 interviewed the the original Ultraman in one of our older videos. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. But anyway, um, ThunderWolfLives.com is my other website. And uh, yeah, Superhero Stuff You Should Know on YouTube, Superhero Stuff Pod, everywhere, all the fucking places. Ben.
1: You can also follow us on Instagram at Superhero Stuff Pod, as well as Twitter at SuperhousePod. You can also follow me on Instagram at ben Juan rider as well as the Instagram of my furry son, Alfie the cat <laughs> at Alfie Pennyworth Cat. You're a fucking uh, a cat
0: dad now.
1: My my ginger cat with a bow tie. Do yes, you stand a, your cat? He's very dapper. You're a ca- see, now you're saying it. <laughs> 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 I'm his
0: dad, so of course I stand. <laughs> <laughs> fucking around. <laughs> okay, keep going. I'm sorry. I'm
1: his number one. Uh, let's see. Website is uh, At, I'm trying to get up. I have to... Uh, reread it, but I think by this time of this recording, uh, I'll have up my Gotham spec for those who are fans of that show, as well as the YouTube, uh, my own YouTube channel, which will have a link in my website where that has a few of the pitches that I've given out on this podcast and will at some point have some of my own audio drama type stuff. Uh, so at this point, it should have the video of the full pitch for Justice League, the time travel cut. So check that out, especially now that the Snyder Cut is coming, you can feel free to listen to that as we wait for the Snyder cut. Uh, other than that, I think that is it. As I said before, we have Batman vs. Superman, Snyder vs. Critics coming up. We have guest and artist Zachary Jackson Brown coming to join us, so I'm looking forward to that because that is going to be a hell of a discussion with the Ultimate Edition. That's three hours, so we're gonna have a lot to talk about. It's probably gonna be at least three to four parts, so we'll uh, see.
0: I like Man of Steel more than BBS... <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. I think I do too. Yeah, we'll
1: go. We'll go into it. Okay, do it. All right. So yeah. Yes. Anyway, Ben signing off.
0: Signing off, y'all.
3: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.